Season 14, Episode 7. I am your benevolent computer. <laughs> Open the pod bay doors, please, Bill. <laughs> this is Bill. This is Dave. This is Tyler. This is Stork. And uh, this is the special gorilla recording edition of the podcast. Does Stu know we're doing this? Is it's, he going to be pissed? I don't care. It's also <laughs> already off the hook because you went the opposite direction we normally I do know. when we did it's, the names. It's, uh, it's just unprecedented. It's crazy, man. We're mixing it up. We're wow. in a different room. Fuck, we went we're clockwise. Comfortable seats. <laughs> I know. What's going on here? <laughs> yes. We should, I'll, I'll put up a picture of our uh, podcasting setup here. I'm thinking maybe we should all just chip in and have a, a, a new sofa delivered to Stu's house. Because a, a Civil War soldier died on it. He's not going to get rid of He's it. He's not going to get rid of it, but if a new one shows up, he might be willing to put it in there. No, Maybe. it'll go in the living room. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm already noticing we're getting some some pops on our peas and stuff like that. So, oh, see if you can. a little bit. Or, or just angle the, the mic, like talk under a little bit on the mic. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, like, your nose is here, but you're not. Just don't, like, don't be uh, bilabial fricative and, and plosive. I, look at that. Bilabial. I know. That's I, how I like it. I, I, it's been a long time since I had a bilabial fricative. <laughs> I've had a couple fricatives. But that's uh, so, the predator. at the top, uh, I'm going <laughs> to remind everybody, you can email the show at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. At Facebook, we are at happyjacks.org slash Facebook on the forums uh, we have some amazingly active super fun forums hacky ha- hacky hacky japs what I the like hell that. is that happyjacks.org slash forum and uh, on Twitter we are at happyjacksrpg it's still like say all one word though I, th- I want to start putting that on something like blah 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 all one word you like <laughs> type that in but yes uh, so join us on all our social mediums the forums are if, if you guys have just you don't like forums or whatever our forums are actually really cool um, yeah. There's uh, been maybe half a dozen flame wars total in the eight years we've been doing this or something, and everybody's nice and helpful, and there's all sorts of good advice. Yeah, not just for and we, we all we're always all of us check the forums. Dave, not so much anymore, but check the forums check almost them. regularly. I'm more of a reader now than, than creating anything. But, but even if we don't respond, a lot of the, the people that listen respond and come up with great ideas. There's a lot of people out there that are, ask questions on the forum and get great answers. They're like, "You guys are great." So if you if you don't like forums, check out our forums. Dave They're posted different. last week. I saw that you posted. I last did. Week. It's the first time in a long time. I remember seeing the little uh, the little uh, Nakoma figure. Yeah, like, <laughs> I go. <laughs> I go through phases with the, the forum. I like. I'll, I'll be really active for a few months, and then I, I don't I, even look at them. I tend to get like super active right around the cons, right? Because that's like the buildup of like, let's see who's going, let's find out, you know, who we're, who we're going to see this time, what games are going, all that kind of a thing, and then. The post-con, like, oh, okay, well, let's see what experiences people had. Then I'm reading all that. And then I go into that weird coma between the cons where I'm like, oh, yeah, the weekend after con, I'm going to start working on my games for the next con. And then I forget about that. And then suddenly it's (laughs) the weekend before before registration. And I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) Damn it. Wait, you you prep your game before registration? Yeah. (laughs) You know what I prep before registration? Yeah. yeah. A title. (laughs) And then I'm like, fuck it, I'll make it up. 
this is good. I, the 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 best part is for me is if I I come like an idea and a title and it's like how can I write a description that's just vague enough where I don't actually have to know what I'm doing yet, but right. it's going to be interesting where somebody reads it and they go like, oh dude I totally want to play that, even though I'm not really sure what I'm doing yet. It, yep. <laughs> it's it's a fine line we walk there between being prepared and uh, spontaneous and actually having our shit together. For the last con, one of my games, I uh, I knew what I wanted to to have happen in the end of the game, but I had no idea what encounters I was going to throw in before. The day before the con, I'm I'm like frantically printing out just random tokens. I'm like, fuck it, trolls. <laughs> <laughs> And yet your games are always highly recommended, even though you seem to be shooting from the hip. You know, you know why they're highly recommended? Because I let my players be awesome. Yeah. Well, that's the most important thing. When my players right? are like, I want to do this thing, I'm like, fuck, roll a D20. Seven, sure, it happens. That's awesome. <laughs> See, what I, what I like is uh, when, and, and actually because of the time we're recording, we got started a little late, registration for Strategicon, which is over the Valentine's Day Orcon. slash President's yes. Weekend. Yeah, the Orcon is like now. Is this minute? So um, we're not streaming live today because uh, I I could not sort that amount of technological updating to occur. Uh, it was enough to get the board and all the mics right. and everything we working. We should point out we're stewless, right? Yeah, now. we're stewless. Because you're wondering what's going on. That's here. right. So if suddenly you're like, oh wow, the the level of host has gone up, but the recording quality is down. That's usually yeah. why, because no stew. <laughs> um, and so we're. Uh, but, but yeah, con is registration pre-reg is happening now. Uh, so which, I, I, which is sad because by the time I'm done with this and I get home and I try to register all the games I want to play. Right, you could log in on my computer. Well, I can't remember. My, I'm trying to do it on my phone right now. I can't remember my password. It's, uh, it's saved on every other computer I use. Yep. It's the huge downside of, of requiring greater security is I use LastPass now, so I don't even know what my passwords are, <laughs> right? The, some magical computer in the interwebs designs them all for me, and they're like 16 characters, and they use Cyrillic or some crazy shit. I don't know what even they do. But now I have no idea. I can't log into anything if I don't, don't have LastPass. <laughs> You're like, damn it. I happen to be in a weird internet cafe in Hong Kong. I want to check my I need to get to. I need to contact my friends. Help me. Oh, no, I don't remember <laughs> nah. my password. What can I do? Um, all right, so we have uh, uh, we're, we'll start off with uh, anything I'm in. else. You in? <laughs> you in? I love it. Here, what was your password? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Damn it! What are you going to sign up for? Because you're running at nine. We're all. Running. I, have, I don't even know. We're all. All of us are running a game at nine on Saturday. Some of us have a game at two. Uh, and then there's a couple of games there's on Sunday. Sunday games. It's like I think Bruce and Casey are running a. A hero game on Sunday, and Jib is running a fake core game on Sunday, but I think that's it. Right. So, yeah, I know that... I might sign up for some uh, Adventurers League. Oh, my God. That's organized no, no, D&D 5E. No, you got to keep Sunday open, though. We all got to keep all Sunday day? open. No, not all day, but we got to, like, so... I might sign up for a 9 a.m. game. That's fine. There ain't no fucking way right. about it at 9 a.m. Right. Because we're going we're gonna, to... We found the only time we could, we could get together is if we're all in the same place at the same time, which is the con for the next Star Wars Traveler thing, so... Yeah, we'll do that Sunday afternoon. Hang, hang out, like Stu always gets the suite for some reason. We just hang out in there. And I know. Beer I got it. I I I got a suite this time because uh, I didn't go through the con website. I went through their website, and it was four dollars a day more. That's nice it. to that's get all, to get that. That's I'm like, we get I'm off like, okay, great. I I specifically called Hilton this time, and I was like, okay, so. Last year, I did well enough staying at your hotels that I made it to the next level of your frequent stayer package. So I'm going to use my weight now. Give me a room on the third floor that has the sliding glass door that goes out to the giant lanai like, oh, courtyard. And you got it? 
And they, they're like, I don't see that that's a problem, sir. Here you go. Oh. You just have to call the hotel a couple days beforehand to make sure to reconfirm. And I was like, all right. Sweet. Thank you. I expected You're to have to fight You're already angry. Yeah. <laughs> and looks, like, like, sure. looks like Jib and Mook are running games Friday at 2. Yeah, I signed up for Mooks. Just now? Yeah. I'm so screwed. I guess I'll just want to run. Do you want to run in and log Sorry. in on my computer? You could do it. I could I'll, bring a laptop still, out for you. I, my, my whole theory is I have an iPad. I'd like to play games I've never played before, so I've already been in a, a can game, with a string on it. So I'm going to try finding some other GM and some other game system I'm unfamiliar oh, with. Oh, that's cool. That. That's yeah. usually my, yeah. my MO. It's just like, I've heard of this game. <laughs> I want to play it. Well, pre-reg open 20 minutes ago. Stu's Eldemy 5e game is full. Brilliant. Sure. So Stu's right. Yeah, Stu. Well, we no. Well, this is great because we, we can talk about what games are going to run. And by the time this gets out, too bad you'll hear about it afterwards. But Stu's no. Because by the time this one gets out, this will be Sunday's episode, right? Yeah. So tomorrow. But so there might be some games still open. Right. There might be some yeah, games. Maybe. Left. So yeah. But Stu's running. Oh, like games. Stu's running about. Moment of Truth, and uh, which is his game. Which is his game. Yeah, yeah, his game system. And then he's running uh, Eldemy, and it's really awesome. If you don't, if you don't listen to the actual plays, one, you should start. Two, um, there was an event that happened in our last session, which I don't know if it's up yet. Um, it's not. They uh, just put up five, which was where we... Um, where we saved a man's life. Uh, <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> yes, we did. I, I'm one behind, so don't... No, won't. Um, but an event happens in episode six that Stu is going to have characters... Uh, have, have people play characters that are based off of the events that happened in that episode. Which is really interesting. So uh, I, I, I like that he's so tying only, he's tying them in. So it's, it's not it, just happening in the same world. You're actually gonna the, the effects that these people have at the game at the con will affect your game. I'm gonna guess that what whatever happens at at that con game is gonna fold back into our. It our absolutely game. is. Yeah, That's which so is awesome. because your, your two o'clock game is full. My two o'clock game is full. The nine a.m. games are except for Stu's are are not full yet. I'm trying to find a game for Sunday morning. Right, and tell us so. What are you going to? Re- you're running. I'm running. I'm running. Um, in the evening, or the afternoon, the two o'clock game is going to be my Viking setting that is uh, really popular and people love. And in the morning, I'm running. I'm bringing back uh, a setting I did before called Fellowship of the Bling, where it's just like six of the worst people you can imagine as heroes are the are the PCs, and this time they have to. Uh, they're they're being let out of prison for public drunkenness and indecency in order to solve a crime that nobody else wants to deal with. Nice, because somebody's gone missing, but he was an asshole. <laughs> so like, just <laughs> just send those other assholes to help him. They think like assholes. You need an asshole to find an asshole. So it was good. I played in your first one, uh, and that was good because I was the first time I think I've ever made you like stand up and actually like rip up and throw away. Yes. Characters. Yes. Because you guys completely fucking derailed that. You're like, wait, we're paying off a bar tab. Let's just go steal the ledger. (laughs) That'll be good. Fight a demon or rob a halfling. Let's rob the halfling. Well, it wasn't even just... And we were like, we don't want to like go fight that demon to get to the next thing and do that. What if we just sealed the room off so it can never escape? Just sealed the room. Okay, we're out. And Tyler's like all... Like he (laughs) rips up the paper. He's like, all right. Throws it right. Well, I guess you're not going to fight the demon or this other dragon, whatever was the behind, the demon, behind yeah. the demon. I had a I had a dracolich behind that 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 yeah. demon, and then we just but went they just and, walled it into the castle. And left. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. just fucking caved it in. Did a cask of a Motley Auto on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was actually a really fun game because uh, Horky played in that game, and He's he played fun. the dwarf cleric, and he was like, "I'm so sick of everyone playing dwarf clerics as Scottish. I'm going to make this one Yiddish." 
<laughs> <laughs> so he sounded like uh, what the old like uh, it wasn't Hanna Barbera the the ant eater. Huh? Like yeah, yeah. yeah, he yeah, sounded really like that, that guy. Yeah. He's like, oh, do you need some healing? <laughs> it was uh, Jackie Mason is what he was yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was great. It was great. And then so, and then you guys, Stork and Davey, you're running. Yeah, you're Freak running Show. The I forgot the title. Freak show. What, do, what do we call it? I, I don't remember. Yeah. You were but, just online. You could look at it. It's, uh, and it's probably not full yet because they, they tend to fall a little bit slower. Three out of six so far. Um, and... Yeah, it's it's just a, another story in that franchise. It's, uh, the freak show is called into another small town. This one's in Canada, on the border, close mm-hmm. to the border, and uh, something something's happened. That uh, something's on. They had to, had to let the freak show out of out of jail to find other freak people. And it's like that's a really similar storyline. Small town, big problems. That's it. The freak team has been called to investigate a small town in Canada. Uh, that. Apparently, I didn't use good English here when I submitted this. You were running 101 degrees Uh, fever. Has stopped communicating with the outside world. It's as if the town of Happy Valley Goose Bay just dropped off the map. This coincides with events shortly after the town made headlines when a World War II-era U-boat was discovered in the nearby Churchill River. Ooh. Fascinating. Dun-dun-dun. Which is a true story, by the way. I don't know Mm -hmm. spoilers. Because well, yeah, we're just gonna people. Well, you can actually go on the internet from the headlines. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I don't feel that that's a spoiler. That no, that's true. That, we're, we're gonna have a. We're gonna have a because you can, we're gonna link to the actual articles and have the people read them. Yeah, the yeah. That, that's uh, cool. They really did find a U boat up a river in the middle of Newfoundland, Canada. Wow, that's pretty and cool. It that's, is cool, and that's, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Yeah, no. immediately I, I saw the article and I was like, "Dude, Stork, we got to come up with a game yep. around this because that's amazing." And and we kind of worked it up last time, but we ended up deciding to run uh, the two this. systems or two same same plot two systems last time mm-hmm. and just save this one for later. So, so two systems, later. one plot. The, no, yes, one plot, two. Yeah, yeah. two systems, yeah. one plot. Yeah. That yeah. was it. Yeah, and I'm running a toy box battle. So, I'm so sad that that's at nine o'clock. Yeah. So, as well. so basically, that's going to be uh, I don't know exactly what I wrote, but I think it was like uh, villains from across space time and multiple intellectual properties have banded <laughs> together. Sure, the multiple intellectual properties <laughs> TM the, uh, <laughs> have, have banded me. together to uh, basically take over the uh, take control of the toy box, and you, uh, the greatest uh, band of heroes ever assembled, which are the players, um, have to try to defeat them. Do you know? keep imagination free or whatever so that'll be pretty fun not a, not a big shock cool. that it'll be a uh uh you know based out of some some uh popular video game lore so okay well i won't ask now no you can ask no no no. because what i was gonna Go ask ahead. might give away more than you want to no no that's fine look, I, I think people are gonna can sort out what it's gonna be oh. so if, now, see, if here's the thing here's dies, the thing though are they just gonna be able to take one off the board and put the next one on that's interesting <laughs> that's an interesting that's idea, a good idea. I about that because, I mean, that's the way it works. Right. Well, I mean, unless you're all playing, uh, it's true. It just depends on how many you have. I might, yeah, that'd be, it might be kind of funny to have. Uh, I'm using Tune to run it, right? And the good thing about Tune is your characters don't die, right? They get, they get knocked out. Yeah. And it actually has a mechanic in there where you then, it's like, great, you're out for three minutes. And you set a watch and ding, and you're out, oh, right? Oh, that's cool. So I, uh, if I have time, I might write up. Um, instead of six characters, I might write up twelve and let people pick two. And then if your character's ever knocked out, you can like I swap your other guy in. I would make twelve characters, and then when somebody gets knocked out, they're just out. So if, the, so if, if somebody dies a whole bunch of times, they can go through a bunch of characters, but there's less for everyone else to pick from. Mm, if that's they die. interesting. That they give all the PCs a limited pool of. Ca- I might do that with a five E game. Yeah, it could be interesting. Oh, 
There you go. See, just we you, just came up like, with another Just idea. say you have this many characters to get through this dungeon. Yeah, well, that's kind of like Bruce and Casey do with that TPK. With their game. murder hope. Oh, yeah, TPK. Yeah, where they, they're like, here, yeah, look, but they have like 40 characters. Yeah. And you're up against completely unbalanced odds. And every single time a new character joins the game, they're in the worst possible tactical position. That's how I went through like 16 characters in one right. game. Because I died once, and then they were like, oh, look, your new character appears right in front of this charging giant spider creature. I played in the and first playtest like, of that. I'm eating a sandwich. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm surprised they're not running that. I, I don't remember what they're running. They're running, they're running Smallville? Yeah, Smallville uh, in Hero. Oh, oh in that's Hero. their like the that's town the Hobbit. of Hobbits. Town of Hobbits. Oh, it's not like, okay. It's not Bruce. Uh, it's not uh, Bruce and Casey's version of Superman. I, I right. I have a feeling that they're going to get at least a couple people who sign up for that game going. <laughs> right. Can I play the Flash? Yep. Well, the thing that's kind of interesting with that is uh, I don't know if they're going to change the scenario, but the one the 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 scenario because I didn't read the description of it when because uh, I played in that a couple cons ago or a few cons ago was that <clears throat> they're you're in this little hamlet, right? This little town, and it's all it's all halflings, right? And uh, there's the elves are coming in to open a new, like, massive convenience store, which is Tallmart. And so it was all about, like, how do you keep Tallmart out right. of your big business? In your, yeah, your big, yeah, big business, tall business. Right? business right. Yeah. Um, they had all these great puns. Oh, my God. It was, it was freaking hilarious. And the best part was, and I hope that they keep this same idea if it's not the, the same run um was that like we were all like somebody was like a, a baker and like and nobody was a fighter like one person was a member of the volunteer city guard and everybody else was just like oh okay you're a baker and you're a tailor and you're a shopkeeper and you're a farmer and there's one of you that even knows what the business end of a sword is like and it was ridiculously fun so i anticipate uh you know Goodness and poop jokes out of that run. <laughs> All right, let's uh, head on to our first email. Oh yeah, we have a podcast to do. <clears throat> we are, yeah. we are. Well, we're not know. just sitting, we're not just sitting here bullshitting about our con well, games. Good. Yeah. Well, you know, Stu's not here to taskmaster, so right. Blah, blah, keep blah, us blah. on track. Stay on topic. So, Three hour podcast. Here we come. Yes. Uh, so uh, obviously, uh, if you are uh, have the opportunity to be in the area, we encourage you to come out to Orcon 2015, Valentine's Day weekend, or President's weekend. Or, yeah, President Val. You should do, like, a love story about President's thing. Dead Presidents in Love. This was your chance, man. You know what? Next year can be my chance. The year after that can be my chance. It always happens. Dead President Wives. You know what? You got Lady Bridget. Dead First Ladies. First Ladies. That could be amazing. You know what? (laughs) I might do a First Ladies game. Hell yeah. Yeah. Eleanor? She's badass, Yeah. Barbara? (laughs) Jackie O. Yeah. Jackie O. She could be the villain. No, she's just she's highly resistant to things splattering on her. <laughs> oh, my God. The Teflon. Lady. Nothing See, sticks. So you, you just wrote two games for your next con right here so right now, wrong. like in the last 10 minutes. How awesome is that? <clears throat> All right. Putting toys in the sandbox uh, sent in by Fizzlemeyer. Hey, guys and gals. No gals. Hi. Hi. Uh, I've been running an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. game for about a year now. Awesome. This game has focused on espionage and followed a mostly linear go here, do this track. 
Which is pretty typical with an espionage <laughs> game. You follow the breadcrumbs wherever they lead you. After the last session, events have transpired in-game to grant the PCs superpowers, taking them from very competent normals into the low superhero territory. Nice. After this, I've decided to change the nature of the game. Using the first year of play as backstory for the overall game, I've decided to make the superhero portion of it go to more of a sandbox style because I think it fits the genre much better than a plotted storyline. The game will be set in Singapore months after a major event that wrecked its infrastructure, caused an international quarantine, and had many of its citizens develop superpowers. My question is this. How do you guys go about planning for a sandbox game? I've run three of them in that style before, but they were always within modules or a setting that was created by others. Rogue Traded, Eberron, uh, sorry, Rogue Trader, Eberron, and the Red Hand of Doom module for D&D. I've never set out to create my own sandbox. I've already selected a location, and there are a few characters from Season 1 of the game that will be showing up to plague the PCs once again. But other than a few set pieces and major villains, I'm not quite sure how to proceed from here. Any advice you guys could care to give would be fantastic. I hope this email finds you well. Take care, Carl. And he has a PS I'll read real quick. Okay. Uh, I was the one who a few months back offered my old Rogue Trader books to you guys if you'd like them. I haven't had anyone contact me since then, but I'd still like to make good on that if there's still an interest in them. If not, I can offload them elsewhere, but I wanted to give you guys first crack at them since I offered. I can be found on the forums as Fizzlemeyer. Thanks. So Rogue Trader, I don't awesome. know if I know. I'll, I might hit that guy yeah. up and take him because I want to yeah, rogue, right. rogue Trader. I, I think we were all being polite. We were like, no, I'm just... Everyone, like, yeah, no, everyone's no, like, no, oh, no. Stu will just claim them and then he'll run a game for us. Or something. Or we just <laughs> figured you'd just send them to the show. All right, well, whoever, whoever claims them, as long as you take them, we'll, we should at least do a one-shot and, yeah. and record we'll it. Do an actual, actual play. play. That'd be cool. Uh, so all now right. we've all said we're going to take them and nobody's going to claim them again. It's kind of a... I don't know. It's just sort of... Really, it's going to come down to whoever remembers first. That'll be you. You're young. Your brain is like a thing that's young. You're young and you get a reasonable <laughs> amount of sleep. <laughs> I do. So you're a winner. And you're mostly sober. You're a winner. You're a winner. All right, sandbox. Uh, sandbox gaming. So, how, do we, how do we prepare for sandboxes? You know what? I actually really envy him because here's the best part. This is what I love about games is you get to design your world, the world building part of it. And I think in order to have a good sandbox, you need to know absolutely everything. You need to set up your political structures. You've got to set up your world. You've got to set up your... You, might not, you don't need to map out every freaking town, but you need to have an idea of the global structure, of the infrastructure that's going on, so that when they ask, like, you know, is, are the dock workers unionized? You know, is it, uh, is, is this town run by nobility or is it, uh, is it got a, you know, is it got a quorum? What is it? And you know, that's the stuff that's fun for the, for at least for me. And I think that's the stuff that I enjoy about gaming is, is the world building aspect of it. So in order to make a sandbox, you just have to come up with a lot of that stuff ahead of time and then roll with it when your players come up with things that are better than what you came up with. Like, Oh, yeah. Maybe the leaders uh, are all inbred. I, yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's happening now. But you get this chance now to start from ground zero and build things all your own. You get to make your own module with your own rules and your own political structures and your own dynamics. You know, it seems like uh, a lot of the work that I, I would always suggest that you start with for a sandbox, he's already done. He's got a location. He's got main villains. He knows, you know... Uh, He's got set pieces, you know. He's like he's done the the, the foundation work, right? He mm-hmm. knows he knows where sure. he is. He knows why he's there. He knows who their the major opponents for the PCs are going to be. Um, uh, for for me, I, I I agree with you that there's you want to do that level of knowing, like at a broad stroke, p- 
politics and religions and, you know, big major, the major elements of what make a world up. But uh, I also think that uh, the, the big thing you can do without having to do massive amounts of minutiae in planning is, uh, is motivations, right? So if you have villains or organizations yeah. or whatever, it's like, what's their motivation? Because then that can answer all those questions. If somebody goes just like, oh, well, why is this person there? Or, or why are they uh, interested in claiming, uh, you know, uh, this artifact? Well, you know why because you know what their motivation is. So you don't have to plan every single little detail out if you know. Unless you want to. But. Unless you want to, right, which you can. But it allows you to do, to do less prep because you know why people would do things. Like why, why is that supervillain? Why did these five supervillains band together to form this supervillain team, Right. Is it because they're all looking for the same thing, uh, but individually none of them are strong enough to get it? Is it because one of them has resources and the other one says one of them owe the other one a favor? Is like, you know, like you can figure that part out and suddenly that fills in, you know, for a, a small organization like that, like a, a massive amount of, of background and detail. And that's really what the sandbox, I think that's what differentiates it from just, you know, uh, shooting from the hip and making it up as you go is all the detail that you've already thought out and put into it. You know, when, when they when they enter the villain's lair, you pull out the map and you've got your folder there or or on OneNote and you have everything. Every room is already sort of figured out. Um, that Ideally, that's, I mean, to my mind, that's what it is. But a sandbox to me is, is a world that you have created that you know everything about better than anybody else. So that at any point when the players do something, you, you know exactly how to handle it. There's none of this like, um... Let me go. Let me go flip through the module. Let me go look. Let me look. Th- let me see if you can do that. It's like it's your world. You created the pl- politics. You you populated it. You know. You know if those woods have spiders in it. You know if that town, uh, you know if the infrastructure is falling apart. You know that because you wrote it. You came up with it all yourself. And then you just let the players do whatever they want to do with you, with the confidence of knowing that you can roll with it. Because heck, you came up with it. My advice for running a sandbox campaign is get really good at making shit up <laughs> on the fly. And, and making notes of it, though, because they'll hold you and, to it. Yeah. Make sure you get really good at acting like you know what you're talking about. Uh, working in any kind of corporate environment will really help that. Uh, and take a fuck ton of notes. Because you're going to say something in one session. that you're, They're going to ask you a question that you're not ready for. You'll give them an answer. If you don't make a note of that, you will forget that answer. Then later on, they're going to say, oh, well, we do this thing with that thing you told us about. And you're like, oh, shit, that's right. I put that in there. Make notes and build your world as you go. Yep. See, I think for me, the most important part about a sandbox world building is that you build a world that functions entirely without the heroes. Mm -hmm. So like Bill was saying, what what are these people's motivation? Because, you know, everybody has a reason to go to work in the morning. Um, maybe somebody wants some money. Maybe they need the health insurance. Whatever the reason is, they've got it. And those people are all living their lives and doing their thing. And all the, you know, Singapore that's been destroyed and quarantined. And now there's a bunch of minor superheroes running around. That's awesome. Maybe what's the deal with all these superheroes? Are they starting to form little little cliques, little groups? You know, or, or is there like the, you know... Seventh Street, are there little gang, street gangs of yeah, superheroes like now? Yeah, like plot out Like all that events. kind of stuff. Figure out all these things that are going to be happening in the world. And, and they happen anyway. If the heroes are there, stuff happens. If the heroes aren't there, that stuff happened. And maybe they'll find out about, oh, well, there was a bank heist that we missed because we went over this way. 
yeah. um, you know, all that kind of stuff and just have that stuff going on as they explore. The other thing is, personally, for the love of all that's holy, give them some kind of plot thread. Yeah, oh, yes. Th- yes. Don't just be like, all right, you're in Singapore. What do you do? Yeah. Because <laughs> you I think you're doing them a like favor. That, and everybody, yeah, you, you know, we talk about give players the freedom to do what they want and all that. But you have to give them something. Give them something to investigate, some reason to go on or do something, because they need a motivation too. Like, if you just be like, cool, okay, you guys all made characters, and here's this awesome world, and, and now you're in a town. But don't give them too much. Yeah, right. yeah that's the other that's That the other is a problem, problem I, that I recently had in the game I was playing in, where uh, we had too many plot hooks. That mm-hmm. we got overwhelmed, we didn't know what to go do, and we went to the one that seemed the most urgent, and then our DM was like, I didn't expect you guys to go do that. You went and shot the bear, didn't you? No, no. We <laughs> went and investigated the fucking tower that rose out of the ocean seemingly overnight, and uh, and then he's like, oh yeah, that, that you weren't supposed to deal with that for uh, a while. We're like... But it well, seems cool. dramatic. It's a tower that rose out of the ocean overnight. <laughs> Who pretty... wouldn't go? That's where fucking Megatron lives. <laughs> yeah, <it> kind of <laughs> seems like something we should go deal with. It seemed like the most important, and then we get there, and there's like a fucking army waiting for us. Well, like, I mean, that's the thing too. Is also don't uh, inter. So a couple of things like introduce things, but when you introduce them, be ready to at least be able to address them in some way. Yeah. Right? Like, you can't say, like, oh, yes, a tower rises out of the ocean on the list of eight different plot threads. I'm just like, oh, shit, we got to check that out. That sounds urgent. Oh, yeah, actually, um, yeah, you can't, oh, you can't get there. Right? Like, if you throw something out that, that is that big and that juicy, at least be ready to ready address to it, it and ready right. to deal with it. Um, the other thing, too, is is uh, to tag a little bit off what Dave was saying. Um, if you have organizations like you're saying you've got like th- this event happened, there's a quarantine. So there's things like how does how do all those things affect like normal everyday people is also a great thing to look at. So there was a there was a disease. How did it get quarantined? Like how did it outbreak? How did it get stopped? Is it really stopped? Is it still a quarantine area? How did the how did the uh, so all the infrastructure went down? So what are they doing to replace the infrastructure? Like what are the medical right. things? Right, because these are all you know, if you have to think about it, if you were just a guy or a gal just living in this world, like what are the things that you would have to know? Because those are the things that players are going to want to know. And they're going to ask. And they're going to ask. They're like, what are the other superheroes doing? Has it become a class society now where all the superheroes are demanding, right. make it made the normal people into peasants or slaves? And What's going on? He's running Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is very much a street level game. Mm-hmm. You don't have, you're not. And he says he has street level heroes, too, that they've become. Right. Right. Have they become heroes? Yeah, he's saying right he's now, season two. They've some low-level superpowers. Yeah. Right. So they're now, they've gone from very competent oh, to grant normal the PCs into low, low superhero territory, right. right? So now imagine that you've got you know Daredevil, Punisher, there's a, level there's guys a book, out there. There's a book uh, by Brandon Sanderson called Steelheart that is basically what happens after everybody starts getting superpowers. And basically everyone with superpower, superpowers becomes a colossal dick. Well, sure. And it's like, well, the law can't, can't keep us constrained. So basically everything goes to shit. Superheroes run the world. And if you don't have superpowers, you're fucked. Like Megamind, where like the world's worst person ends up with superpowers. Right. And Or like the you know, the plot of all of the X Men. <laughs> right. Like, Fair okay, enough. well, you know, well, the okay, thing is, and all of those and all of those and all of those we things keep the shit under control. They don't really tackle what happens to the normal people. Right. 
What happens to the people who don't get superpowers? What happens to the person who is driving to work and suddenly Wolverine's fighting a sentinel in the street and it steps on their car? Well, that guy's going to lose his job because he can't get to work now. <laughs> Shit like that's going to happen. Sure. Right. Take it, that into account to your, your sandbox. Yeah, and it depends on how much you want to delve into that, but that also then ties into the discussion of the of having some plot hooks. Like what what is it that you want to have out have be presented to your players that is the interesting areas that they can at least start going down, mm-hmm. right? Like if the quarantine, you know, the area was quarantined. Well, if it, is there still pockets of whatever this problem was? Like, do they need to go? Is that an opportunity for them to go shut those things down? Is there some? Uh, is there somebody who's declared himself king of the minor superheroes? Sure. You right. Could, you could have gangs in New York. You could even go District Nine with it. But like all yeah. the minor sure. superhero people are now locked up, and the government's got guns on them. You know? Right. I mean, there's a lot of interesting things to figure out in terms of what the structure of that is. You know, it's almost a thing that I did. Um, I ran for a little while a Savage World game with some guys I worked with, um, and I basically wrote up for the world um like an like an encyclopedia britannica or wikipedia page for each kingdom was the idea so it was like what the geography's like what the weather's like who rules that kingdom i came up with like three to five notable things about that kingdom and it might be what their major import export was or a geographical anomaly or whatever it was right and then and, and then, uh, so there was, if you looked at that, because they were going to use that for where they, it was, a, it was a low fantasy, so no magic. And then I had a whole reason why there wasn't magic. And that was kind of what I gave the players. Like, here's the world background. Um, and it seemed to work pretty well, because they were like, oh, wow, I want to be from this place, and this is the thing I'm really interested in. Like, I had one character who was like, yeah, I want to be a scholar, and I'm really fascinated by magic. But magic was super bad. Like, nobody wanted magic to come back because of what had happened previously. Um, but he was like all... So so his character was naturally looked at because of the world's attitude. Uh, he was under a lot of suspicion all the time. So like all, seem really interested in this bad stuff. Like, why are you so interested in it? What, do you want to bring it back? Like, so people would... Like, it was very easy for me to then, no matter what situation he came into, have any type of people, of, like from the, the baker who runs the the local you know, pie shop to uh, a Lord, like could react to him because I knew what the world's feeling about the thing he was interested in was. Sure. Right. And, and they kind of knew what to expect too. Cause when he wrote the character, he's like, all it's like, yeah, it's things like, like I might have some problems. I'm like, yeah, you're going to have a lot of problems. Like if you're like, if you are super inquisitive and asking a lot about this stuff, yeah, that's like, that's bad. Cause basically magic was like the H bomb. Right, sure. and, and they yeah. were like, "Oh, we don't want it to ever come back. We don't ever want it to come back." And he's like, "Oh, so I want to do some investigation about this magic. Do you have any artifacts that you used to work that don't anymore that I could look at?" And people are like, "What, what? the fuck?" You know. So it's. I think it's. It's a good thing to know what your, what if there's something big like that. Like, and I think it sounds like with him, he's got whatever this event was that caused this quarantine. Right, and that's right? probably what yeah. they'll be. They'll want to be tracking down is what that was. I would suggest. Write out a timeline of what would happen if there were no PCs. Figure right. out how things are going to go if the PCs don't intervene. And have a few different groups inside with their own timeline. And then as the players go through and alter things, you adjust your timeline. Or agenda, if the people have an agenda. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe it speeds some things up. Maybe it completely derails other things. But know how the world is going to be changing if they don't act. 
here's a cautionary tale again piggybacking off of what we both have said it's a temptation because it's something we're all familiar with is to design your world like an mmo where you got the village every but and everybody right. has a quest so every time you talk to a blacksmith or every mechanic you talk to is going to give you a quest to do and i think that's a mistake because it doesn't feel things, like a living world at that it point. doesn't and it's not the way role-playing games are really run it's an organic thing and and you you talk to people and you don't necessarily want a quest from them and it's like i'm just asking you information or i'm just saying hi or i'm just buying the shirt i don't need you to tell me to go somewhere and do something <laughs> I, just need I, ju- shirt. I just want pants i'm not gonna go collect five right. rhino horns for you exactly. i have never killed a spider before i've gotten pants in my life and i'm not starting today this is the world's worst gap store are you kidding me dude <laughs> Well, you know, it's the quarantine. And that's kind of the temptation. <laughs> Bad economy. You, you figure like, oh, there's, there's going to be something for them to do around every corner. It's like, no, let the player, like, like Dave said, come up with one, two, maybe three sort of interesting plot hooks and let the players come up with the, what they want to do or how they're going to solve it. But if you overpopulate it with you, everybody has a question mark above their head and you go click on them and they give you an answer or they give you a quest, it's not going to be fun. It's going to be hard. And your, your plot hooks don't even have to be like mission seeds because you want it to be sandboxy. It's things they notice and maybe throw some in that are complete red herrings. Be like, oh, yeah, two people were murdered last night near, about, near your base. Well, be pre- no, no red herrings. Be prepared that, they, that your players will jump on the red Of course they're going to go investigate it, and then, but then they'll go invest. <laughs> give them enough information when they start investigating, because I'm sure they're agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so they're not going to be like everybody immediately goes to that place. They're going to do some research first, and they'll see. It doesn't seem like anything super-powered happened, but you know, give them a newspaper every day. Yep. Hmm. Not every day, but like every session, give them give them the news. Maybe one character is specifically looking for things like that, or if nothing else, have a list of events that you have at your ready, so that when they ask, I turn on the news and find out what's going on. Because right. I remember playing a superhero game where we were all, it was like the real world and we all got superpowers and we were like, we didn't have costumes. We had to go have costumes made. That was a, that was a tough thing. We actually like, well, let's go fight crime. We're going to go patrol. All right, where do you go? We're like, I don't know. Uh, we drive around in our car. You know, it's like, how often do you, you see drive people? around looking for crime, looking for crime? How often do you see it's muggings a, in the street? It's so, like kick ass. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of, it was it really was, this is way back when I'm just now flashing back on it. And it was, it was hard. We were like, well, I don't, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> what you got to uh, do is you set yourself up to look like a victim. Right. So someone comes to, to mug or, or molest you, and you're like, ha, I'm a hero, and then beat them up. <laughs> it's like I, superhero entrapment. <laughs> I played a couple of years back. I played in a Necessary Evil campaign. Love that setting. And it's an amazing setting for Savage Worlds because it's all the, all the superheroes were killed off by this invading alien race. And now the only people left to fight off the aliens are the supervillains. And so we had our team of supervillains. And, you know, we're, we're supervillains. Like, yeah, okay, maybe we're working towards the greater good of getting rid of these aliens and saving the Earth. But at the same time, like, if we need money, we're not above, you know, Knocking murdering some guy right. and taking his wallet. Like, it's just what's going to happen sometimes. And our GM was very sandboxy. In that he would let things happen, but he was very uh, oppositional when it came to how things worked out. Like, well, there were consequences. Well, sure, and I don't mind consequences, but like every bank isn't fifteen seconds away from a police precinct. <laughs> like, true, that's not always going to happen. Like, we we knocked over like a convenience store. 
to get some money because we're destitute at that point. And all of a sudden, there's like a SWAT team outside. And we're like, really? What? The SWAT team doesn't roll out that fast, man. You might no, have yeah, like... they've got their own shit to be dealing with. Right. They're busy. Like, maybe... Okay, maybe I could see there was a patrol cop buying a donut next door. So now he's out there on the phone yelling like the, like, uh, like the guy from Hard. Family Matters in Die Hard. Yeah, he... Mm-hmm. Reginald so Bell out, Johnson. Yeah, so he's out there going, oh my God, there's, the, the convenience store was robbed by... The, well, and I was playing essentially the Leprechaun from the Leprechaun movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was the character I made. So like, I had all these illusion powers that I didn't actually do anything, but I messed with people. <laughs> and it was me and uh, uh, Horky. He was playing essentially an aspect of death. So like, he, ha- he could like summon a scythe and... And claim souls. Oh, so he increases was, power. He nice. was like and stuff. Oh, what was the name of that movie? It was uh, Peter Jackson's first movie. Um, Meet the Feebles. Dead Alive. No, Black no, Sheep. What? Meet the Feebles. That was his first. <laughs> you ever, one? I don't think that, it might have been. It was one of his earlier movies. Oh, it'll come to me in a minute. Anyway, carry yeah. on. I, but I think, yeah, and then we had like a couple other. Like we had one guy that was like a voodoo priest, uh, and so like we're all pretty badass, terrifying guys. And, like, all of a sudden we got to the point where, like, regular people on the street weren't scared of us anymore. Mm. And we're like, why? Like, if the horrifying leprechaun just suddenly shows up in your place of business and starts going, I'm going to take your shit! Ah! And, like, just wrecking your shop. You're going to be scared. upset. You're going to be a little afraid. Not everybody is this alien race that came to conquer Earth. We did that, too. We played low-level supervillains and champions when the original champions first came out. And we had a hard time. Like, there's no base that we went to. We have to come up with a base. There's no costumes. You had to do all of that stuff. was fun for a little while, but also gets frustrating. Well, and that's the thing. It seems like he's got a good setting because he's using the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. type thing. So he's probably, I mean, depending on how close he's staying to marvel canon or whatever but you know he's probably they very potentially have resources and you know like some of those the the basic needs might get met but i think to dave's point like what what happens if you know and these are questions you have to be answered what happens when they walk into a convenience store and somebody lets out a lightning bolt like are people gonna be like oh Dude, you got to pay for that because they're completely nonplussed by superpowers, or are they going to lose their shit? Right? Are they going to freak out? Do you, would a, would the cops just open up on them? Like, are are heroes hunted? Are they want? Are they you know like, or are yeah. they commonplace? Like, there there's it's almost like there's just there's these basic societal questions you need to be able to answer. And if you've got if you have like kind of your checklist of of how those things work. Then everything else flows. So from you're that. right, and you got to be consistent about that. Yeah, and like got mentioned earlier, God, take notes on everything. Take notes. Get it, one note. Yeah, get one note. Uh, <laughs> I would even say you might at least for the first. Microsoft sessions, should pay us. You might actually record them so that. You hey, can they gave four hundred million dollars to the NFL. We got to be worth like ten bucks. I right? know. Where's my ten bucks? <laughs> right. You know what they should do? They should give us all free free copies of Win- of uh, Office. No, they should give us all Surface Pro threes with one Ooh, note on there. Yeah. Oh, sponsor sponsor our our podcast. Yeah. You hear that, Bill Gates? He doesn't have anything to do with that. <laughs> he's Satya Nadella. He, yeah, Here, Satya Nadella. No, yeah. Bill Gates is on his island someplace. Maybe he's on his island listening to our podcast. How badass would that be? Just to like own all okay. of Sri Lanka. If you're listening right now, Bill Gates, just write in. We don't actually want any money. We're not asking for shit. No, it we would just, just be want, amazing. We just want 
<laughs> How many regular hosts do we have? Like eight? Let's say eight. Uh, eight. Eight is good. Service Pro 3s with the full office suite on them. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That'd be great. I read an interesting stat about Bill Gates. Uh-oh. If he dropped a $100 bill out of his pocket. Oh, right. By the time it reaches the ground, he's already made up the money. Yeah. And the time it would take him to lean down and pick it up. No, not... I mean, by the time, like, from waist height, average human waist height to the ground, how long a bill takes to fall, he's, he's already made, made that much back. Yeah. Right, but if... And then if he bent over to pick it up, he would have made... It'd be like five grand by the time he got <laughs> sure. back in his wallet. But... He still makes money, <laughs> right? Like everyone says, oh, it's not Bill, it's not worth Bill Gates's time to pick up a quarter. You know what? It is because on top of making the money he's making, he, he also a has quarter. a quarter. Woo! Right. Yeah, I, I, I did find myself. Uh, I had like three pennies in my pocket, and I did find myself put. I, I put them places for people to find them. Yep. Randomly. Pennies are useless. I do the same thing. I was like, because maybe some little kid would come by and go, like, oh, okay. a penny. Oh, my gosh. It's great. And I was like, oh, I don't want to carry through. My kids used to do that. That totally works. Yeah. I and actually throw pennies on the ground. When so, excited. so I'm no Bill Gates, but a penny. I can, I, I'm. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, but see, so. a penny to you is a hundred bucks to Bill Gates. No, a penny to <laughs> no. Bill is like 50 grand to Bill Gates. Okay. <laughs> No, I think a penny to me is like a penny to anybody. I think <laughs> a, a penny. It's, <laughs> it's pretty fucking irrelevant who it right, is. Yeah, a penny. At a certain point. I don't yeah. care how much money you have. You see a penny, it's like it's a penny. Like I have, I have. You just get angry. That I have a have few them. like jars and shit full of pennies. Interestingly enough, like many of them from my dad's stuff when I went through my dad's stuff, right? And I'm always like, what should I do with these? I guess I could take them down to Coinstar and get like ten bucks. bucks. Yeah, like eight dollars <laughs> or whatever, right? Like or my or maybe I could use them all to make like. Like some weird, like scale mail. You could tile thing. a like, floor in them. You, yeah. ooh, that's illegal. Floor, yeah, that's illegal. It's no. defacing. Oh, defacing money. No, no, no. Yeah. Coins are your property. What? Really? Yep. Is it just paper currency? Paper currency is property of the federal government. I have Coins no idea. are yours. That explains why people can hoard uh, nickels and dimes. Right, and that's why you see that's those. That's a legit issue places. right now. Is people are hoarding like nickels hoarding and dimes. Them. What do you mean? They're like they are buying up millions of dollars in coins and hoarding them for the inevitable collapse of the U.S., of, of our because economic system, the, because the metal, the metal in the in coins the coin will be worth more than the coin, than the coin when uh, the economy collapses. It's like doomsday preppers. It is doomsday. It's not like it. it That's is. fucking weird, dude. Yeah. It is weird. What's but, weirder is that I know a lot about it. Why do I know about these things? <laughs> that's why I've only Damn been able you, to. Internet. That's why you're. That's why you're ahead two to one in our trivia crack games. <laughs> that's why. That's why that's happening. So there's. So to loop it back to the and probably you know end of our discussion here yeah. with Fizzle Myers is stuff stuff like that is also interesting. Like, is there things that are right. considered rare? Has somebody to these hoarded people? all the coins? Right. Or is there something uh, in re- in regards to the quarantine? What happened here? Right, that that game super is like. Is there something that is there a cure against that, or is there a way to like reignite it or control it? And are people hoarding that stuff? Is with the infrastructure down? Is is uh, water hoarding becoming an issue or something? Right, and are where do the because what you want to do is give enough things in the world that are again your your level of minutia is depending on how much prep you want to do, but that a hero could look at or a player could look at and decide what side of an issue they come down on. Also, be prepared that they may not go hero on you. 
Yeah, they might decide if, that, if the whole uh, world has yeah. gone to hell, right? And they may have to be opportunists, just like Dave was saying. It's like you may have to knock something over so we can get some funds to start something. You know, and it you know it also depends where you are in the the shield setting. Are you are you following the cinematic universe? So is shield gone and it's like down to a dozen people right and it's rogue and in fact you probably don't want people to know that you were associated with it or is it or is it shield or is it yeah other shit where it's like we we have and is it and is it white nick fury or black nick fury that's the really important that's the important question or maybe nick fury's not there maybe it's maria hill in charge oh she was director of shield for a while that's right or it's the singapore brand well so was tony stark he was also director of shield for a while that's right yeah Lots of great questions. All right. Well, hopefully uh, some of that was of use. Uh, Fizzlemeyer. Save or your coins. Or save, your your coins. save your coins. Or at the very least entertaining. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, who All right, would like email. to go on to our, our next? Uh, I'll do it. Uh, hey, Stu and the Douche Monks. Stu's not here. I guess we're it's just the Douche Monks today. Riff from Texas here responding to your last episode, 6 of season 14, about GM firing. In my college days, I had one heck of a regular game group. Didn't we all? And two of the eight to ten players, ten of us, were awesome GMs. Three others got the chance to grow into five GMs with the group. And most of the others weren't even interested in taking a turn behind the screen. It was an odd exception here. Or I, I was an odd exception here. I'll admit to being one of the younger guys, but not the youngest. And I had made some actions that drew scorn from our characters. Uh, were backed into plot walls. Basically, I was a young murder hobo who wasn't that great at forced, unavoidable, talky scenes with people the party had sworn to kill. So, when it came my turn to try GMing at the tender age of 20-ish, I had at least slightly, I had a, a, I had a at least slightly on-the-rails story set up for my cadre of gaming pals. It was something simple, but with a nice twist. Something like save the damaged village from skeletons and find the did I say damage? Yeah, damage village from skeletons. And find the village priest was the one who accidentally sent the events in motion. This was basic fare, but hey, it was my first time. My rails were light. Three planned things. Sea wrecked village. Fight a couple of skeletons. Hear the skeletons keep coming from the ruined temple, so dungeon crawl. Find MacGuffin. Resolve plot. My trusted group just wouldn't have it. They refused to go to the ruins and immediately split the party to start doing some random stuff. Two, wanted to make a bar. Two, wanted to go explore the world in any direction but the ruins, and everyone else wanted to go murder hobo some prostitutes. <laughs> Needless to say, Skeleton I, prostitutes. I had no idea how to rein them in and or roll with the punches, and the game crashed and burned. That would be fine. It was a poor first attempt, and I kind of expected it to fail, but the real kicker was the group never let me GM for them again. They would hold this first bad attempt be- against me for the rest of the troop's existence. Now, I would GM for others from this group and have some nice, uh, and have since become kind of stew like in what I run and more than I play. But this experience stuck with me, and I've kind of held my past awesome GMs in a mind state of contempt for never letting me even give a try to, to try to even try to give them back the joy they gave me in so many games. I guess this long story is just to say sometimes the players need to at least take a plot hook slash clue bat when working with a new GM. They might have something good in their plans, but they have to get there. The, yes, some GMs need to be stopped and removed from the hobby, but sometimes we have to play along with a little light rails from the start GM 
from the start of GM or other special circumstances like I expect Rails at a con game. Keep up the good cast. You guys are awesome. P.S. Take a drink. P.P.S. What's the status of the boggers and how are you guys connected with the Merry Wives? Yeah, I'm taking a drink first. Um, I'm going to need another drink. <sighs> I, I agree that if, you're, if your GM is, shows some signs and, you know, the, thing, the signs are all there, that, yeah, maybe give them a chance for sure. There's a couple of things working against you, which is these other guys that sound like they're all awesome GMs and they probably just wanted to get back to GMing anyway. So they were like, yeah, 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 that's fine. We're, we, we, I got something I want to do. The other thing is, I think the email we read, this guy should not have been GMing. The first, the, the first original email you're responding to, he, he just needed to like get out and stop GMing. And he needed to be fired. I don't think there was any amount of like learning curve for him. Yeah, that's different than a first-time GM running a slightly railroady game. Right. This guy, sure, I'll take a beer. This guy, if I remember from the GM, had, had run a couple of sessions, more than, more than two. I was, I was, it seemed it was like five or six, and they were spectacularly awful. So I think I understand what you're saying. Let the, let the new GM learn, but I this guy this guy had nothing to learn. It was just yeah mayhem. I, I don't think that your group there gave you enough of a chance, man. And I'm sorry for that. Um, I'm glad you stuck with it, and you seem to be having a good time running games now. Because everybody running their first game made stupid mistakes. Maybe even the first five. Yeah, totally. That. When even if you should know better, when I first was in the hobby, like in the high school days, uh, and I think I've talked about this before, I set up a Star Wars D6 game with a bunch of the people that you guys hear from, like Hoser Rob and and Horky and, and a couple other folks. And I took the time that I went through with each person and like we talked out this huge backstory for everybody and all this extra stuff. And it was really amazing. And I ended up having one person was playing a smuggler and somebody else was playing a bounty hunter. And almost within the first two hours of this game session of the first time, the bounty hunter ended up pitching a like thermal detonator into a sealed room with half the party because they were on the wrong side of the law and had a bounty out on them and he, and he was going to collect. Yeah. And it <laughs> didn't even occur to me that that might happen when I was setting everything up. At all, like, and I was just completely flummoxed, and there wasn't anything I could do. You're like, why would you do that? And oh, yeah. the game died, they, they and I was like, yeah, that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. But see, you admitted yeah. and knew it. It's this original email that we read from, not this one. But oh that. yeah, the guy would have been like, oh, it was a dud. Fuck you. <laughs> Keep right. playing. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, the thing that's interesting when he's talking about like GMs getting a chance, it, it is, especially when you're, when you're in a, a big group of people that play regularly. And you know you've got somebody who's like, hey, so I haven't GM'd, but I want to try it, right? It's kind of, I think it's kind of your responsibility as players or as other GMs to to play and then give them really constructive feedback and help them into that role. That's really Absolutely. important, though, constructive feedback. Right. Just be like, well, that sucked. Right, that's, that's to meaningless. Say, here's what could have been better. Here's what, here's what other people might have done. I also wonder right. if these guys didn't set out to sabotage your game. They're being GMs. They they chose things that absolutely knew they would fuck with your game. Well, it is kind of interesting where it's like, so I set it up. And I mean, that's the thing is, if you're a GM, especially if you're a GM, and you go into somebody else's game, I think you immediately see the plot hooks. 
Hopefully, yeah, sure. hopefully, right? Not always, right? But but you at least have an idea of like, oh, these are things that are probably pretty important, especially when it's somebody who's GMing for the first time, and you know, who knows how it actually played out those many years ago. But reading the email, he's like, oh, you went in. There's skeletons. They're fighting them. The town's really, you know, under assault. And then they're talking about, oh, the skeletons seem to keep coming from this one location. Okay, I pretty much get where you want me to go, right? right? Or at least, man, maybe I'm going to check out some other stuff. But look, there's the thing. It's like, so I was a fireman and I came to town and there was a burn, a burning building, and so I decided, I think I'm going to go open a bar. That's like, about you're like, that's about dude, what they did. like you, you know, yeah. so your heroes, you're in this town. The poor townspeople are being attacked by skeletons. They're telling you where they're coming from. Mm, you know, maybe there's a couple things to do first, but that's pretty much where your next plot hook's going to go. So as a, as a GM who's now playing this guy's game, I would have taken the plot hook, gone, done it, and then given him notes saying, dude, it was too obvious. It was very railroady. I, You know, what if I wanted to do other things? But instead, these guys chose to go off and fuck with his game. And, and it does feel like that. Two of them want to open a bar. Two of them like, I'm not going to go to those ruins. I'm going to go everywhere else but those ruins. And the rest of them are like, oh, hey, it's GTA Five in the medieval fantasy world. So let's go <laughs> kill some hookers. Right? It's just like, what the hell? It, it, you know, I mean, that's and, – and, and obviously, the, or at least theoretically, if, as a more experienced GM, you could start using those things to maybe – you know, drop other clues or move in the direction, and you're like, okay, great. So you guys set this bar up, and now, you know, advent- other adventurers have come in. And they're there's, like, oh, or there's nobody it, showing up because the entire village has been wiped out by the skeletons, right? Or whatever it is, right? You know, you can you can use those things to you know let them do what they want, but push them back. But if you're if this is your first time, you're just like, uh, I don't know what to do. And I agree, it sounds like those GMs are being kind of douchey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, players I'm, were dicks. I'm looking at it like they actually went out of their way to come up with the worst things you can do for a first-time GM. They split the party three ways. Two of them actively ignored the plot hook and went the op- other way. The other ones at least wanted to start another thread, mm-hmm. right, which you could have picked up on, started the bar. And the other ones were just going to go indiscriminately kill people. I would have yeah. said, sure, you can pick- start a bar. Your only patrons are skeletons. Right. They want your face. <laughs> I love the idea of, like, they open up a bar and, like, oh, how come we don't have any customers? Because everybody's dead! Oh, right, because we forgot to stop <laughs> oh, the skeletons from killing shit. everyone in town. If only we'd stopped those skeletons six months ago when <laughs> yeah. we got our first funding for this They're bar. building a bar from the ground up, and uh, why do we have to keep fighting these skeletons coming into town every day? I just keep killing the they're same really, They're really interfering with our bar. I keep God killing the same hookers. I drop my hammer off the roof, and, coming back. and I gotta go down there and get it, and there's skeletons everywhere. I must have killed that hooker <laughs> half a dozen times by now. Uh, the other, the other, and the PPS. What's the stats in the boggards and the wives? So, uh, actually, the reason we're doing the, uh, I want to say like we're doing this like really gritty underground gorilla podcast, but we're kind of sitting in like the we're most more comfortable, comfortable chairs. This is more usual. comfortable than. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like yeah, we are we're roughing it. We're really roughing it today on Bill's comfy couches. We've got <laughs> beer. We've got, it's really nice. It's, uh, There's like leg room. Yeah, I know. yeah. Now, my knees have not touched any other person. <laughs> <laughs> on, on accident. And I or think, on purpose. I think oh, I farted yeah. half a dozen times and no one's called me on it. So <laughs> right. It's, we're, well, because that couch is actually has uh, charcoal underneath <laughs> it and it just like absorbs. 
I bought that. We bought that couch specially after Bruce's third visit, and we're like, we got to get They're something. We got to get a couch that's not going to be just forever tainted. Chicken. By you either got to go and stay in the backyard in the hula hoop or sit on the couch. Those are your two options. They're the only things designed to. Uh, I am worried about Monday's game after the picture they put on Facebook. No, no, but that was out in the studio, dude. If we're playing in a house, it's fine. Oh, it's true. It's fine. We're okay. But I feel bad for the bloggers and the wives because both groups are in recording right right now, which is where the Way to bring don't it back. they don't they record in the the, the little studio rather than in the office um it de- yeah. it depends yes most of the time but it depends i've recorded in the office before when i'm doing like bass parts and i'm just plugging directly in oh, okay. there's a lot of people right? that hang out over Stu's shoulder which he loves right oh yeah it's uh, the giving, best yeah but but that is that is the thing is that like people come over and like while they're waiting we'll sit in there or I don't know, it, it really it's seems like, like either of those rooms would be really easy to fill with bruce's farts it, it, not only yeah. that, but the studio, yeah. the actual studio itself, has no AC because you can't turn it, and it right. just gets ungodly hot. So it's like that scene in uh, Ace Ventura when he's in the Rhino, and he starts taking his clothes off, and eventually he's so hot he ends up crawling out of the asshole. Well, that's what it's like when the door opens up to the studio after doing five or six takes or something. I, I obviously have <laughs> not seen Ace Ventura. It's oh, Ace Ventura, it's two. two. It's wow. the Call of the Wild one. It's actually the only. It's the only funny scene in that movie. He's in a robotic, right? It's like a surveillance rhino, and it's like the fan breaks. It's like this like electronic suddenly, surveillance suddenly rhino. Suddenly it makes a little more sense. I was like, is this some he's, like strange oh, by a rhino. It's the like best, wampa scene? It's like, the you best know. scene because he starts taking his clothes off. He's sweating, and finally he can't take it anymore, and he starts to crawl out, and, it, and, and this tram goes by because he's well, in like the, a national the, wildlife the, park. The door to get out of the rhino breaks. Right. And then he realizes, oh, there's a hole in the back of the rhino, and he starts trying to climb out. But it's like this rubber skin right on it's the rhino. Whole, so it looks like scene. the rhino is giving birth to him. It's and there's like a tram that goes by and it's like a family watching him climb out of this rhino. And they're just like... It's worth watching just for the scene. I mean, or just call it... Okay. But after no, that, it's, it's the no, only funny no, part of the, no, of the movie. No. I, it, good Lord. It's, but that's what it's like <laughs> when the studio opens up. <laughs> okay, that's true. I will. I will say that is what it's like. So, so when the studio door opens, it's like climbing out of a rhino's ass. Yes, pretty much. That's nice. Let's see that Re- now. Stork. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially when Tappy used to be in there recording, he would take his boots off because Tappy owns one pair of boots which look amazing, but he wears them like twenty three point seven five hours a day, and he would go in the studio and they have a lot of metal on them. And so we go like, oh, dude, you got to take your boots off because if you're moving around and they're singing, like it's, the mic's picking it up, and it would it would smell like like tappy foot. Or he would oh. or he would come from work. You know, he's a Pilates instructor, so he'd, right, he'd yeah. do six sessions and then we'll show up from work. And we're like, dude, oh, dude. Oh. there's got to be showers where you instruct. Well, oh, when I was running late, that's when we started uh, doing like we would just like hose down people. Like they come in and we just like in the backyard. Speaking of which, I hope uh, going back to the con, I hope that. We can resolve the funk thing again. Oh I, I'm actually going to have like some Febreze or something. Were there funk somebody, last time? Yeah. Holy crap. If somebody kidding? shows up at my game and stinks, I'm going to tell them no. I'm like, yeah. you go out and you go take a shower and come back. I'll hold your seat. I will hold your seat. But oh, you cannot be dude, here like it that. Was, it was because the air conditioning didn't work at you the know, last con. The area and by, work. oh, I don't know, Saturday morning? No. Friday no. night? By like Friday <laughs> at Friday. like 2 p.m. It was Friday oh. night. I started at noon. Two hours later, it was like 90 degrees down there, and... We're playing our Traveler game, and somebody walked by, and, and Chris was in our Traveler game, and she's all, she does the... And we're like, and oh... I, I just and can't fathom that. Like, I can't either. I'm a fat guy. I know if I'm in that situation, I'm going to start to reek. So I take like three showers at that well, day. Well, also, a clean, sweaty person smells better than a dirty, sweaty person. Yeah, This just was gross. I mean, it smelled like he yeah. crapped his pants I was and walked around. A few... Years ago, I had an idea for 
uh, gamer con apparel. Right, where you were like going to sell car air fresheners. Right, but that was going to have them be like, like necklaces. And Elven it was gonna, Forest. It was like Elven Forest. And like they're all going to have like... <laughs> like you trim like, the ends setting. off a lemon and it's a gold coin. Right, gold coin. I think, but they're actually those like fucking car air fresheners and like giving the people like oh look hey i wanted you to have this cool elven forest medallion and it's like so i'd rather at least smell i'm actually going to show up with, with deodorant and febreze um, and if somebody sits down i'm like here man go to the bathroom and use this and uh and, randy and randy reason, holland like, who right who does the webcomic something positive mm-hmm. would go to conventions and give out soap on a rope with bathing instructions to people <laughs> uh, we haven't had to have that Recently, I mean, well, it, it's because this is the first time it's become an well, issue. Well, at the old at the old place, it was the open gaming room. Yeah, because I was never so happy that there was an alternate way around that room. Because you had that tunnel that you yep. could go around yep. the room and not yep. have to walk through the middle of that room. Because there, one of the 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 sad truths about gaming is there are people who go to a convention and not not bathe because that eats into their gaming time but i also don't want that to perpetuate that myth i mean it's 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 what people think of as of gamers and i'm like stereotypes exist for a reason i know but i don't want to but this guy showed up and it was the stereotype yeah that's the thing and that is why i don't like cons that much and i i hate being part of a of a of a subgroup that has a really negative stereotype and then when i meet people in that subgroup who embody the stereotype and do nothing to 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 fight it and 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 go and like better themselves they they just perpetuate that stereotype I'm way like, to perpetuate the myth I'm yeah like, thanks thanks a you lot, dude. make me look bad yeah so fuck you dude and i have to say everything was fine i think it was one guy walked in it funked up the whole place so it's oh, like there's one dude who couldn't wipe out of properly. the 30 people that was in there one guy was enough to funk it up you know and then it, it didn't get any better after that yeah so the, our studio is funky, yes, because sorry. of Bruce, right? Wow. Yeah. So, the, so getting back to that, the studio, the studio has like a like a the, the air is uh, tangible in there. Like you can, you, yeah. You if like, it gets really, bad. you have to swim in through through Bruce's right. fart. And clouds. the and the reason we're scared is because Stu, uh, they were in recording Boggard stuff. A Stu couple days took ago. it as a challenge and said and stated that on Monday night when we game, he is going to end the war. Right, which is which is bad because basically the the image that it, Stu put up on the Boggards page, I think it was. Was, was it looked like Bruce and Phil. It was Phil, Stephen, and Stu. Oh, Phil, Stephen, and Stu, and covering their noses, flipping Bruce off. Right, because he had because bullets had been fired, and so obviously by bullets, you know, he meant farts. He meant farts. But bullets, Stu, and like I and I've known Stu long enough. If he's decided to end the war, we are we're in for serious pain. I I actually started looking up inexpensive gas masks on Amazon. Yeah, thinking it would be hilarious to walk in and put one of those on. And then I was like, "That that's too much to spend on a joke." Yeah, yeah. Well, we can get like the the little paper ones. Yeah, they're just Febreze. Every time you somebody, you just squirt the guy with all, Febreze. No, all it's, you like, do, it's like the dog with water. You just like every time the dog and like barks, you squirt. <laughs> all it. you have to do is get an N95 particulate me- respirator, cut a one by one inch square, the kind that has the valve on the front, a one by one inch square of a dryer sheet, and put that into the filter. And you're safe. Dude, this is so Apollo 13. I worked in a fucking paint store. <laughs> we have a problem. With a bunch of stinky painters using our bathroom. I know how to counteract stinks. <laughs> That's very good point. Very good we point. Were, we were at work the other day, and there's some workmen. There's a, a crew working on our, our wireless internet 
infrastructure there. They're, they're doing a lot of construction work and they're using two of our restrooms at the very end of the day. And I'm getting ready to leave and my wife goes, Oh, don't go use that one. That's the one that the, the work crews are using and they have been using it. I walk in, I'm like, whatever, this is nothing compared to painters. Yeah. Coffee and paint thinner shits. <laughs> is that, is that true story? Painters, particularly well, <laughs> well, Stork's not like a house painter. I'm not quite a house painter, but but here's the thing: when you're a construction worker, you're you're working long hours. You're not eating very well usually. Yeah, you know? your and, diet sucks. And it, yeah, because you're eating with a fast food, you've already got a short break or whatever, and then you're probably not eating. And and you're you're working fast and you're eating fast, so you're not digesting well. So yeah, these guys aren't going out and having you know kale salad and. and <laughs> vitamins and stuff these guys are grabbing what they can and trying to get they're just trying to make ends meet and buy food cheaply and the only kale shows. that these guys ever see is what's lining the salad bar at pizza hut yeah nice it's, so the studio is suffering right now oh yeah from, yeah. from, right. So from bruce bombing back. bring it back so that's one of the reasons we're here also Stu is in the midst of recording uh two albums right now a new boggards album uh and a new wives album and he's also mixing down the wives live album the, that yep. was part of it. So he's completely slammed and was like, uh, "The fucking busy bee over there." He, he is, is, and he's, he's running really like he's playing in games and running games and Boy Scouts and like, good lord. Yeah. Here's what Stu said to apologize to us. He says, "It's unfortunate that you'll be present the next time I'm in a small room with Bruce. I've started on a three day diet of hard boiled eggs and fiber bars. I will end this war." <laughs> so so bad. No, he's only going to escalate it. Bruce is going to go get garlic chicken, and we were we are all going to die. Yeah, the only people that are going to suffer are going to be you guys. It's going to yeah. be you and Chris. It's me, Chris, Bill, and Kimmy. And, and Kimmy. That's okay, so that's right. Sad. Kimmy's there. I haven't heard about Kimmy's it's characters. So, it's so dead. Her character her character has been subdued lately because we've been in a social situation that she is unprepared for. Like as a character, she's okay. just like Kimmy is experimenting with playing a very low charisma character. Ah, so she's just like, <laughs> and it was beautiful because we're we're asking this guy, hey. Could anybody possibly... Oh, no. Could could uh, this guy that you know be, be like looking to kill somebody? Who might he be interested in taking out? Is there someone in power he might want? And Kimmy goes, you. Does he want to kill you? <laughs> Just throws <laughs> it out there. And like they're all dancing around. How do we ask this question without like... She's like, oh, you. Could you go, what do you want to kill you? I love the party makeup. We have three orcs and two humans. And the humans so are just so constantly fed up with us. But lately, the last three sessions, we have spent at a human's estate, and the orcs are the least offensive ones in the party. Yes. How the fuck did that happen? I don't know. By the, by the, end, of, by the end of the... So I think five is up now, right? Five is up. Five we is just up. recorded six. We just recorded six. By the end of six, I think we even talk about that in six at one point. Yeah. Like, how is it that the orcs are the ones that people like here? How did that pan out? I, I actually just have one question. Because I'm playing relates. a high charisma orc. Yes. Since I'm not in the game, it's like one of the few games I've, I've that no, no. Stu's run that I'm not Crazy. in. Who are you blaming for the bad tactics and bad ideas? Stu. Okay. But he's the GM. The, for bad, no, so far our tactics have been pretty good. <laughs> Mostly all, all right. Like climbing up cliffs to get to crossbowmen have maybe not been the best ideas. But yeah, we've lived. We've made it. We haven't really had anything... Oh, you know what? Bruce is getting a lot of the blame right now because he is the one who completed the ritual to turn an orc and human children into whites. That's right. That's right. And so we we were like have completely blamed him. Is that nothing a spoiler? In, nothing in character yet because no, no, no. That 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 was on like episode two or three. Yeah, that or was that was three. episode Must be three. three. I haven't, I've yeah. listened to one and two. And three. He read he read some script on the outside of a, a casket and it finished a ritual oh. that 
summoned these created these whites from dead children. Yeah, I will I will say that probably the loose the loose canon is Bruce's character. Mm-hmm. It's not the loose canon. I'm always the one that you know you even said it yourself. You were like, ah, it occurs to me now that Stork's not there to blame. <laughs> well, you know what I find interesting though is and I think Tyler, you brought this up, is that uh and it happens in the Star Wars game where you're like, I'll say something as an idea or a tactic, and it sounds really good until I say it, and then somebody else says it back to me, and I'm like, why would we do that? They repeat it back to me exactly, word for word, my plan. I go, that is So you want to swim outside and shoot the thing. You're like, like, so what, you want me to swim out there and shoot that with a rocket? That's dumb. (laughs) You just said that's what you were going to do. No, it sounds dumb now. That's dumb. Why would I do that? Stork, why did you come up with that idea? <laughs> All right, let us. Let so us you're just m- going to walk down that hallway, <laughs> bust out your lightsabers, even though there's guys down there with guns. All right, sounds like a good idea to me. Okay, <laughs> it would have worked out fine if you could make a parry roll. I'd been making them all through the game <laughs> up to that point. Everything was fine. I saved um, you guys. Uh, that that brings up a completely. Uh, a, I'm yeah. I'm a little concerned. I wish maybe we talk about. It. I'm I'm a look. Did the, did the Jedi not feel badass to you guys? I'm a little worried that they're no. Like, he, oh, ah, he Jedi absolutely is whatever. did. No, he, we it were took, terrified, which is it why it took like six shots with the badass blaster rifle to take him out. And, and he was wounded. To be to be fair, That's true. And right? Stork rolled ridiculously. I did because basically, I, I, so we were far, on the cusp of a TPK. Had ba- I not rolled, at, basically, well so at far, all? you've you've encountered two Jedi, one of them, and both of them injured. Now, the first time though, you you fought Jostra, he wasn't right, but right. he totally. <laughs> I had a lot of bonuses on my yes, side, and you rolled great. Yes. All right, I just wanted to make sure because, like, I'm a little concerned about that. Oh no, oh, I'm concerned. I, I'm concerned for the time when we have to fight a Jedi, and I I can't prepare. Or I don't have that gun. Right. Because I, that gun is how we've taken out Jedi. It's the Jedi And, and it's been die rolls. And I yeah. didn't walk down that hallway because I was like, oh, this is going to be shit. I'm just going to walk down there, whatever, slice that guy's head off. No, you walked down because it was going to be badass. I walked down the hallway because I figured I was the only person in the group that could. It's true. All right. Like, All right, good. All anybody right. else walking down the hallway was going to get riddled with bullets and... Yeah, you were the only one who could deflect. You, you did split the right. party, though. I well, went, no, Stu and I split the party. Yeah, yeah. Okay. we started that. Right. So, so like, you, go, you should listen to. You should all, obviously you should listen to all of our actual plays for all of our games because <laughs> they always, now they're really looping back hardcore, about, and it might be interesting to you. That's right, and hopefully it is. <laughs> Holy then, shit! In that encounter, we should have just listened to Stork. Yeah, yeah. Things would have gone a lot better if we would just done what he said. Who wants to read the gaming horror story? It's talking about listening to Stork. Who wants you to want, read the gaming horror, gaming horror story? <laughs> I'll, read, gaming I'll read a gaming horror story, horror story from Eric in New Jersey. Okay, then I will take the one from Scurvy Bill, Bill Dredd. Scurvy. Is it another gaming horror story? Yeah, yeah we have two. We oh, have back-to-back nice. horror stories. All right, I, I did not read this one in advance, so Gird apologies your if, loins. I, if I stumble. Hello to Stu and the Happy Jacks douchebags. It is I, Eric, from that fabled land of diners and strip malls. I'm really sad that second word was malls. <laughs> Known as New Jersey. 
Joyzy. He says it right up there at the top. New Jersey. J-O-I-S-E-Y. After much consideration, I decided to send in a horror story that wasn't a juvenile porn show like Karen and the Sexecutioner. Did I miss a... a, a what? That, that, came on, that came on right after He-Man and Masters of the Universe. <laughs> I'm pretty sure in that Saturday morning block. Are you block. sure it, was it, wasn't, it wasn't the spin-off. Cinemax version No, no, no. It was She-Ra? a failed spinoff before they came up with she Oh, I got you. Wasn't, wasn't, that, wasn't that character Goo on... Karen and the Sex Acute. Oh, wait. No, that was Herculoids. <laughs> that Never was mind. Herculoids. Yeah. Oh, man. Gleeb. Oh. Uh, my apologies for sending that one in, by the way, but I had to confess to someone after all these years. I, I kind of want to compile all of the, the horror stories we received at Happy Jack's oh, and just put them on a blog. Make a special episode. Oh, no, so make a wrong. book. Like a print on demand. Yeah. I, I'm sorry to say book. that I don't actually don't remember Karen and Sex Acute. Oh, you know what we need to do? The, like, we need to do a YouTube series. Where we act them out, video, make a video of these horror stories. We could act them out. We and could do have like, like dramatizations where it's like table and yes, live action. Oh, I, would, nice. I would participate in this. I wouldn't call it dramatization, more I'm like a, a traumatization. Traumatization. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I had a more recent gaming horror story that I wanted to share because, quite honestly, maybe it isn't a horror story. Well, now you've just let our hopes down. Maybe it's just me being a dick, and I wanted to get your view on the subject. All right. I'm excited. Now. <laughs> I am almost always the GM, in part because I enjoy it, in part because most others I know hate it. However, there was a period of time when I was finding GMing difficult and joined a friend who decided to run a Mutants and Masterminds campaign. The game was a bunch of, about a bunch of students at a school, which was very familiar territory, but what the heck, I figured it would work since it has, actual, since it has in actual comics in the past. For this game, I made a swordsman who is deeply rooted in his Christian beliefs, a la a Knight of the Cross from the Dresden Files type character. I figured this would allow for some interesting role play about whether superpowers could be seen as a gift from some higher power, and by what morta- morality, mortality, morality do heroes guide themselves with. That's cool. This was all well and good until my character left to pray. The GM, not as any snarky character, but just as himself, started asking if that was what my character was really going to do, and suggested the character was doing other things that one does in are private. Are you really going to go pray, or are you going to go off and just, you know, toss one off? I thought this was a bit stupid, but haha, okay, GM, you got your joke in. However, any time the party split up to take care of multiple crises, the pe- people were in peril, bad guys on the loose, etc., my guy being alone prompted the GM to start the same exact joke all over again. This is very annoying and mood killing all at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Mood killing. (laughs) (laughs) I would have just talked to him after the session, but there was something else that happened. Dun, dun, dun. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, no. This is getting better. Oh, God. It just gets better. (laughs) I just read the next sentence. Keep it rolling. The GM's five-year-old daughter walked up to the table, declared she was playing Raven, and started telling the GM what she was doing. The GM started role-playing with her, which would have been fine for a minute or two so we, can, so we can get back to our game. A while later, and the GM and his daughter are talking about Raven teleporting frat boys away to a dark dimension while the other two players and I look at each other, wondering when we were ever coming back into the story. I understand wanting to be with your kids, but this was a bit ridiculous. Wait, 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 wait. So the kid walks up and goes, Daddy, I'm going to be Raven, I'm gonna, and he drops... Exa- He's, he's invited these people over to his house. They're in the middle of, of playing a game, and they, he completely like, oh, dude, okay, whatever, dude. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, we never played again after that. Since then, I'm back in the GMing chair, scared to death of ever giving it back up, except to a trusted soul we call the Major. <laughs> That's kind of awesome in itself. Awesome. <laughs> There's a dick joke <laughs> in there too. Hope all is well with you guys. Sincerely, Eric P, aka Eric from NJ. On the forums. P.S. Drink. Whee! Um, 
that's not so much a horror story as it is just a bad GM. Yeah. Yeah. Like, see, when it said horror story, and then like the daughter comes up, I'm like, obviously oh, there's what? been all kinds of masturbation right, references. Right. I I'm thought like, he was going to keep on making those jokes, and I'm like, dude. Yeah. Then it it was actually like not one scary. The GM constantly making masturbation jokes about your your religious character that would upset me because it's like I'm trying to role no, play dude, a character. I made a character and he has a point. Right. Yeah. 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 You know what? You should do. In the hopes that at some point if you're praying that you might actually get a plot hook out of it too. It's like your God answers yeah. you and gives you a couple of stats for, or gives you a, a quest to go on or something, right? Because that's kind of the thing you do. You're see, like, I'm a dick so I would have continued Ugh. playing that game but I would have rolled a new character named the Masturbator. Right. And Aww. all of my powers revolved around that. Like... Uh-oh, I'm getting weak. I'm getting tired. Right? Hold on, where's the closet? <laughs> and every... Oh, oh, I'm alone? Yep. <laughs> and then oh, yes. describe it in great detail to the GM. And do, you is, a, do you have, like, Socky as your sidekick? Like a like little a, sock you wear on your opposite hand? Your and, like, hand? a custom-made backpack. <laughs> it gives you, like, that, bonus armor. Oh, yeah. it's just no. soft, rock solid. Like and a custom-made backpack with, like, a lotion dispenser. <laughs> it's like, like a, a camelback. Right, yeah, right. right. You just start setting down all the things, and then when you pull the cheeseburger bag out, you know, that's oh. when he goes, he goes, all right, all right, all right, okay, we give up. You're like, want to LARP? <laughs> But um, I, and it, and it is pretty lame though. I mean, and it, it's tough though because I mean, obviously he picked a character. He's like, okay, I want to try something really different, right? Something really interesting. I want to make this like I'm gonna. I really want to stretch myself. I could see. I could see that in his head. Like I can yeah, imagine that, right? Sure. I'm gonna try to make this character that's gonna have some real depth and stuff to it. And then the GM's like, Oh, okay. Now it's just a, yeah. Uh-huh, you're you like one out. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna go to your prayer confessional. Mm. What? No. Yeah. That's a dick GM. And then derailing the game for his kid. Well, okay, that's something I wanted to address. Being a parent myself, uh, of the four of us here, only two of us are parents. I know that there, there's, there, are, there is a one unwinnable argument I could have millions of children. There's one Who's unwinnable argument really in the world, begins? which is you cannot convince somebody that their kid isn't good. It, arguing with somebody about how great <laughs> their, their kid is, you're going to lose. Because to every parent, their kid is the best kid on the planet. And in fact, I have friends that they, they are completely blind to the fact that their kid isn't great. Because my kids are. Right, Dave? <laughs> no. And your kids are. No, my kids. <laughs> See? My kids are horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, no, no. My I point... love them to death, but there are times where I'm like, seriously, my... if, if there was a gypsy wagon out front, they'd, they'd go one off of you to would be finding your way out there. My right point now. being that that is an argument you can never win. The GM is going to have blind. Complete blinders on about that about their kids. It's just the way uh, parents are. Yeah. We're, it, we're hard. And, it's hardwired well, into the species. And I, I like. I can forgive the guy if his daughter comes up to the table and is like, "Oh, I really want to do this." Blah blah blah. And like, he takes a few minutes and kind of plays with his daughter for a couple minutes. And if, if he said, "Like, guys, hang on a minute," right? I, I just it, it, she's she's having fun, and I I want to encourage this. Cool. And then dismiss the kid, right? And then, yeah, and then get the kid involved. Like, he plays with her for a couple of minutes and then gets her on to some other activity. Yeah. And comes back to the game and they keep playing. Fine. It seems like from from Eric's email that he just immediately started ignoring the players. Yeah. These people he'd invited over to his house who were sitting in front of him. Right. And, And that's the thing. That's the dick move. Yeah. Is not that the guy liked his kid and was willing to engage her imagination. The dick move is, if you're going to schedule a game with people to come to your house and play, 
you need to work that shit out. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the reason why I am such a nightmare to try and figure out how I can still enjoy these recreational activities like playing games with all of you right now is because I'm like, yeah, I don't know. That's okay. that's bedtime. I don't know if I can be out at 7 and you have p.m. Twins, right, which makes like, it I need to be at hard. home. More than so, hard. like, I work around it. And I was like, cool, hey, look, a Saturday morning where I don't have shit going on. I want to be on the podcast. But... You were late to rush to start, but for an amazing reason. Because we were going to talk about. This. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. You have a story. For I us. want to start a segment. Actually, <laughs> so Eric, Eric, uh, not really a horror story. You weren't being a dick. Your GM was kind of a dick. And uh, tell us some gaming stories about the major. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah I want to know more. Now about I'm the fascinated. Major. The right. major. I really yeah, want yeah. to hear Dave's story. About All right, so this is Dave's segment. Game. I want to call this. I think every time you're on, <laughs> we want to call this "Tales from a Hundred Year Old Woman." Yes. Uh, so, uh, as of Friday, and then this morning, we went out to breakfast to celebrate. My great aunt turned a hundred years old. It's amazing. Uh, and my other great aunt, who actually lives in New Jersey, is now one hundred and three. Uh, not in New Jersey, in Ohio. Excuse Damn, me. Damn, dude, you got some good genetics rolling. Yeah. In that yeah family. Well, let's see how that works out when I keep eating cheeseburgers, and <laughs> drinking beer all the time. But we'll them. see. But uh, yeah, so. I, I specifically asked her to tell me some kind of a funny story that I could share with everybody. and Because to put this in context, she was born in 2015, right? Nin- yeah, 1915. I'm sorry, 1915. So it's 2015. So, that's so there were like telegraphs in use yeah, in yeah. most of the world at that she point. She was born three years after the Titanic went down. Okay. To put that in some kind of a, you know, like World War One. Between era. wars, she was yeah. She yeah. was born between the wars, but like yeah, but long still. before World War Two was a thing, and she was alive. Um, and uh, it's fascinating, interesting stories about life and how my her older brother would be given a fifty cent piece to take all five of the kids in the family to the movies and to come back with a loaf of bread. Wow! <laughs> wow! Everything was a nickel and. and uh, uh, but the the story that she told me was that her great aunt owned a sort of like a five and dime kind of a store in rural Ohio, and so this would be like the mid eighteen hundreds. well, the, through like early nineteen hundreds was when they they started the store. Her great aunt, there. okay, yeah. So uh, you know, they probably the store had been running for about ten fifteen years. Okay. when she was born, and then on into her life. So this is old steampunk era here right now. Yeah, all kinds of random things. But so she was telling this story, and it's moderately racist because she's old. Um, but apparently, uh, at one point, she was there in the store, and her great aunt Delpha, which is an awesome name, uh, was working the store. And apparently, a black man came into the store, who she was happy to sell things to. Um, but he came in and he asked if she had some shades and my great or her great aunt Delpha. I don't even know what that makes great, great, great aunt for me. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Some weird. Yeah. Some weird thing. But Delpha turns to this gentleman and says, do you want lamp or winder? And the okay. guy goes. The guy looks at her and and goes, "No, no, for my for my sunglasses. eyes, sunglasses. That's what he wanted." 
<laughs> but shade yeah. or winder. That's yeah, yeah. You want lamp or winder? That was the winder. story she decided to share with me today. That okay. is tell everybody. That's good. That's good. We got, you have to get a bunch of these so we can every time I will, you're on. I will attempt to tales from a hundred year old lady. That's the, actually the, the the interesting character from her generation of my family was my great uncle Bill, who I actually never met because he passed away before I was born. But well, that's the other interesting part is she actually retired before I was born. Wow, <laughs> dude, she's a hundred. She retired in 1977, <laughs> and she was just rocking There's on. Generations since then. of people that have lived and died at the time she's still been alive. I mean, yeah. it's amazing the stuff that she's seen and stuff. Does like she that. does she hoard nickels and dimes? Does she have <laughs> money <laughs> anywhere from like no, no, because she if she is and she's got some old ones. That's right. She, higher higher also, silver content. It is a little bit hilarious. She does tend to be super frugal. Like, over the top to me. Like, she's 100 years old at this point. Her son, who is still alive, my, cousin, my mom's cousin, Don, he's 77 now. He's lived his life. He has his own money. It's not anything. But she wants to make sure that she has... It's- a nest egg to be able to pass it's on when she of the dies. Depression. And a lot of those depression yeah. Yeah. people went yeah. through that. My so, grandfather was the same way. He would, when that's he didn't why just buy a light bulb, he bought the hundreds of them at one point and, and stored them and, all in the attic. And, yeah. Yes, exactly. By, by the way, in our hall closet, I have two boxes of light bulbs that I got from all my dad's stuff because he passed away. <laughs> so, and I, I kid you not, in my garage, I got like eight thousand fucking tools yeah like, like any they just you kept things you kept yep. them and when you bought them like you did it's it's so amazing he was just post-depression era probably then right? no yeah well no my well my dad my dad passed away uh a year and a half ago and he was 90 so because i'm adopted so he's yeah. like you know he was depression era baby then yeah so he yeah knew. he was like yeah he yeah. Went, i mean he served in world war ii and went to the depression and the whole thing my, like it my, was just like that was the mentality yeah my grandparents depression uh era Folks, there's a word for that probably. I don't know. Uh, Christmas every year, always we had oranges and like nuts in our stockings. I'm like, as a kid, I'm like, why, why, why not? Kidding? She goes, that that is a treat. Orange. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't get oranges all every day, and I'm like, but yes, I could get oranges. It's also too. really, it's also really Scandinavian too. I mean, I, uh, my family being Scandinavian, we'd always get oranges because remember, if you're in Sweden or Norway, right. uh, fruit uh, is a... you get this orange. It's like a taste of sunlight in the middle of like you know Malmo, Sweden, where it's been dark for six months. <laughs> where? Only wait, wait, in the middle, only fruit is Wait, in the middle of where? Malmo. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't they, that a isn't that a table from uh, IKEA? Yes, yeah. Every, everything it is. is named um, after places. But it, is it really places? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Malmo, Sweden. It's a big. It's a town. It's a big place. Um, but yeah, I'm it's like sure a taste a of sunshine in, in the middle of like the bleak midwinter. So yeah, that's that was wow. yeah, that was pretty. So common. anyway, my uncle Bill was apparently the hilarious one in the family. He served in World War II. He was in Africa. Um, he. Also was part of the 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 crew that uh, like did the landings in the rocky shore of Italy and stuff, but survived that. Got went to Africa on leave. He's in Casablanca, Morocco, in a bar. All the places, <laughs> gets, all the towns, in all the world. Drunk off his ass in this bar, stumbles out of the bar, and is hit by a man riding a horse down the street. What? 
right? Because he's literally just fall down drunk, drunk, wanders out into the street in front of some dude galloping by on a horse, is hit, breaks his arm. Crazy-ass great-uncle Bill puts in for the Purple Heart because, by God, it was wartime. (laughs) (laughs) And? And he did not receive the Purple Heart because he was brutally honest in the report. And said, I got it. He said, I was drunk. I got run over by an Arab guy on a horse. Where's my Purple Heart? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's pretty funny. That sounds like like a... uh, a mishap on a traveler table, <laughs> right? You get T. drunk e. at a bar, stumble in the street, or run by a horse. Roll on the injury table. You leave Rick's bar. T. E. Lawrence runs over you <laughs> on his way to roll on the injury. Table. Roll on the injury table. Mm-hmm. Make a social roll to see if you get a purple heart for it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> of apparently... all the places in all the world, and all the all the gin joints and all the places in all the world, and he stumbled out of that one. After that point, he then came home to Ohio because he served his term and. With a broken arm, it was going to be months before he could do anything anyway. So he's back home in Ohio, and my grandfather had apparently just bought a brand new car. He was also, well, he was in the service at that point, too. He was in the Navy serving in uh, Maryland at, uh, there was like a test flight facility for the Navy off of Patuxet Bay. Um, And he was a guy that drove crash boats. So when these test pilots fly out over over the water... And crashed, they'd race out to try and save the guys. And apparently that was for the rest of his life why he would never eat shellfish and crustaceans. You've told me this story. Because every guy they'd pull out would be covered in crabs trying to eat their selves. All the dead guys. Yeah. Well, yeah. even live guys. Oh. Like the crabs would just immediately descend because at uh. that point it hadn't been fished that much yes. in that area. Yeah, it was not super awesome. See, but, I thought you were going to say, so he goes to Ohio and he's, and you know, people learn well, to drive and he leaves a bar and the same Arab driving a car <laughs> hits him again. <laughs> Except it was a Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, he's home. My grandfather just bought this new car and put it in the garage for when he got out of the service. And my great uncle decides, you know what? I'm going to take that car into just town for the night. He's just sitting. Nobody's using yeah. it. So he goes into town, gets drunk off his ass. Decides to drive home. It's the middle of winter in Ohio. It's icy. He's going down the one hill in 100 miles. Rolls the car down the hill. But he had the window open. So every time the car rolled, he'd bang his head on the concrete or on the asphalt on the way down the hill. So woke up at the bottom of the hill. You know, they take him to the hospital. They ended up having to put a metal plate on that side of his head because there was no more skull. To hold his brain in. Oh, my. He's a tough... Totally fine after this. Did he put in for the Purple Heart? No, he was out of the service at that point. It was the bleak in winter. Did he get oranges in his stockings? You know, the the Navy sent my grandfather home because his brother was going to die and everything. And then he totally wakes up and he's fine. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, sorry about your car. Sorry. Yeah, whatever. Damn. Cool. Man, you got some yeah. you got some characters. I wonder, this is gonna be a segment. Every time you're on, you have to tell us more about. All right, your I'll, I'll tales from a hundred year old. Finding lady. weird family stories to tell. All right, one more email. Oh, speaking, what's your turn there, scurvy bills? Yeah, right. Right. <coughs> thank you to uh, Eric from New Jersey for your yeah yeah thank you Eric borderline gaming horror story. Really, yeah. Well, there was some some badness there. He just wanted validation, and he wasn't. It was good, you know. I think I think we've been so scarred by some of the horror stories we've gotten. Right, we read that. We're like, oh, like, yeah, you know, that was all right. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our first gaming horror story was about a dude fucking a cheeseburger right? at the gaming table. Right? Yeah, it's pretty yeah. bad. That's pretty bad. All right. <clears throat> <clears throat> the rape gaming one horror story. He could have at least from... gone off by himself and done that in character. <laughs> I think he actually. Did. I don't remember I the don't, story now. I don't want to. Well, we don't not rehash it. it I'm still trying to get it out. Of <clears throat> I think at the time I'm going to show up with a bag full of McDonald's cheeseburgers and give so those out to people at the, the podcast. It's Benny's. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Here's a double cheeseburger, and then you, and you know, know what you do. got it. You know what? And then one guy give him like a slider and go like, "I'm not saying, but." <laughs> Here's a white. Cat Pretty sure Bruce signed up for my game. Yes. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> Scurvy Bildred here, longtime listener, first time writer, with the gaming horror story. Ooh. We need like an echo. Horror story. First, take a drink. You'll probably need it. I've right. already, I've already consumed aye, aye. one. I'm gonna, I got a little bit left. Oh, I'd suggest rum since I'm a pirate and shit. Arr. Oh, yar. Um, <laughs> I could read this with a pirate accent. No, well, all right, That'd be good. It was our new group made up of a mix of people. Some of which I'd gamed with, some I hadn't. The game was pitched to us as your free booters, sailing the high seas and hunting down pirates for the crown. All right, sounds fun. <laughs> um, and it was a game system in a game system I liked, so off we went to make characters and practice overpronouncing our R's. R. R. Yeah. R. Uh, the day of the first game loomed near like a man of war on the horizon. Little did we know, it was a fire ship. Now, for those of you that don't know that reference, fire ships were, I think it was, I don't know, the Spain, maybe? Mm-hmm. Anyway, you would take an old ship, you'd load it full of explosives, you'd float it down the river, and blow it up. You'd light it on fire, and then eventually it would blow up. Also sure. a name for a woman with venereal disease. Right, because after you, mm-hmm. after you docked in that particular port, everything You're was burning. on fire. Yep. Yay, chlamydia. <laughs> First, the bait and switch. Terrible name for a kid, by the way. Chlamydia? Yeah. yeah. Just don't do it. All right. Well, I have the son named Gonorrhea. Do you, do you, so my daughter shouldn't be Chlamydia? Really? What do you, what's wrong with it? He was going think, for a set. I think Syphilis would be a good kid name. That's our last name. Isn't that where you're pushing that guy who pushed a rocket pill? Wasn't that? <laughs> that syphilis. was Syphilis? Was that Syphilis? <laughs> Charles of Syphilis? <laughs> he was trying to push a rocket pill with what? The myth of Syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> with his noseless face. Um, before the third session had finished, the GM informed us that we'd all been co-opted, and now we worked for the pirates as ersatz double agents working against the very people we'd been working for originally. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so so they, they got... They were, they were supposed to be working for the booters, crown, working for the crown. Right, to stop and in, pirates. And before the third session had finished, he's like, oh, oh, you know what? Actually, you work for the pirates now. Okay. No story, no reason, it just is. We would soon discover just how common the theme it just is would be. The GM thought this was a particularly clever bit of GMing when he sprang it on us, gave all of us that knowing, smirking nod that says, see how clever and creative I am. You never saw that coming, did you? (laughs) Why, no, we didn't, because you said we would be doing thing A, but now we're doing thing B for no reason. What (laughs) What a clever clever twist. twist. (laughs) Like Like the end of the village. Or, or like when you oh. tell your kids, why, Daddy, why? Just It just is. Because yes. I said so. Next came the minefield. I'd say we, we, that we were being railroaded, but the GM very strongly assured us that his game was a sandbox and we could do whatever we wanted. I have learned that this was really code for. I haven't done any game prep, but I have the story in my head, so you'll have to figure out how to follow it yourselves while I sit here amused by your struggle. <laughs> this is exactly what I was talking it about is. before. You're right. Yep. Don't be this guy. Don't do that. 
Uh, the GM was adamant that the game was a sandbox and we could do anything, but every time we tried to do something that wasn't his, the way his story went, it either didn't work at all with no explanation, or we took damage for some reason. <laughs> like, oh, man, I, I think I'm going to go to the tavern. Oh, oh, roll a D8. You take six points of damage. You, uh, you stepped <laughs> on that damage. loose floorboard and broke your ankle. Sorry, fuck off. It's wandering damage. Uh, or we were just killed outright. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to, to stop at the bank and get uh, get an extra $20. Robbers come out and you're caught in the crossfire. Would you like to roll another character? <laughs> what? Again? I'm going to go to the tavern. Oh, nope, you're run over by an Arab. <laughs> <laughs> Again, with that smug smirk that reminded us how clever and creative he was. Not enough for you? Okay. We also had to deal with favoritism. One of the other players was the GM's roommate. First, her character... Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, her. her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was much more powerful than the rest of us. To the point that if any of us at any point showed even the slightest bit of capability by the next game session, the roommate's character would have grown to include whatever we did, but better. <laughs> oh Jesus, man! I was gonna say maybe it's just your perception, but if that literally happened, then yeah, that's 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 fucked. Second, if any of us showed any initiative to do anything, we would get from the GM. No, that doesn't work. Only to be followed by the roommate doing the same thing and it working perfectly. <laughs> I really wanted to like this game, and I like the people I play with. I even like the GM when he's not GMing. But every time I sit down to play this game, I go back and forth between wanting to jump off a bridge and wanting to push him and his roommate off the bridge. I'd ask for advice, but I don't think there's any to be had. I think he's more game. than just a roommate, or yep. she's more than just a roommate. Find, well, find or, he wants, or he wants her to be. Or he wants her to be, yeah. yeah. That's the, the and he does have to live with her. Well, so if he kills her off or, or makes things difficult, he's going to have to hear about it. And he might lose the place to be able to play his game. Uh, that's true, too. Yeah, that, the, the, uh, the solution is you run something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then maybe I, invite them to it. I don't think I would. I really don't. Well, they might be better as players. Well, he but says maybe. like he says he even likes them when he's not GMing. It's tough GMing with a spouse or a significant other because because even though you say I'm not going to be a favoritist and stuff, you do end up have at the end of the game have to look these people in the eye and say, you know, sorry, I crippled your character. It, it can be tricky, and if these guys do have to cohabitate, yeah. Uh, um, um, yeah, but there's I don't know I don't I think when you're when you're in your look you're playing a game like whatever right I mean uh, you, it's very weird to me when it's like oh well I don't want to make this person upset right but but uh, to me that's weird but then it's just so extreme if you're then playing favoritism with the with the person it's so like, obvious yeah. too yeah like oh right I, no you guys can do that oh you oh sure of course you can do that like, really. Really? I mean, you've run some games with your wife, and, yeah. right? and I'm sure that you're thinking constantly in your head, I don't want to play favorites, I don't want to play favorites, I don't want to play favorites, because it's, it's, I'm sure that's there. Yeah. This well, I person want, I wanted doesn't to, look, even know. Here, the, the, so the upside I have is that, among many other wonderful things, Elspeth is also a writer, and she's about character through lines and, and stories and development and stuff, right? And characters that always get everything right and aren't challenged are boring. Right, so mm-hmm. she wants me to be get putting stuff in front of her that's going to be difficult and challenging and interesting for her character, not just like all, oh yeah, that thing works, yep, it's totally fine. Oh yep, that's easy. Yeah, hey, of course. great yep, idea. No that's problem. exactly how you defeat the bad guy. Right, it's like then yeah. your character's pretty damn. And that's boring. the bottom line. Anyway, you're not doing anybody a service by right. The by- first time I played a game that my girlfriend played in, 
I, uh, I was so much harder on her than I was on any other player because I was so paranoid people were going to yeah. think I was showing favoritism because it was yeah. also a LARP. And LARPs, tons of players, it's really easy to get have one player get focused on. I was so paranoid about people thinking that. Yeah. Anytime something came up that I had to deal with with her rather than passing it off to one of my narrators, she almost always failed. And she mentioned it to me one night. I'm like, no, I don't do that. And then, like three weeks later, a couple other people were like, "Dude, you're kind of being a dick to your girlfriend." So I, I it, it, it caught me off guard. Yeah, the opposite like, oh problem, but God, it still I was had... the same. It was reverse favoritism, yeah. I guess. But it, it, it got to the point where I was like, "Fuck it, I, I've taught her enough about the game. She is a narrator now." <laughs> I mean, the thing, the thing that's interesting is because he said he's not asking for advice. There's nothing to give. But it, if you know that this is the case and this is what's happening. I don't know. This is maybe this is the this is the dark that little dark corner of my mind to be like, oh, now I'm going to start really trying to abuse that, right? <laughs> Either by like going like, gosh, if there was only some way we could, because you know, there's a thing. It like, just pass her a note that tells her what to, to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Or and, like, or you like throw out there like, gosh, if there was only somebody in the group who could blah blah blah, and you're looking at her and you're getting her like, oh, oh yeah, I'll try to I'll try to unlock the door that's you know made of the thickest steel that we don't have a key for. Try to for. convince her to do shit that just... Oh, that like you, your team shouldn't be able to do because you know he's probably going to let her do it, right? Just yep. Like that, that. Or then the flip side is just like, all yeah, I'm going to totally start completely trying to like ruin her character's life <laughs> just to see how aberrantly far the GM will go to stop me from doing whatever it is I want to do. Well, no, he'll kill you, <laughs> but he won't kill her. So you need to, like, like you said, she's the deus machina. It's like... Uh, so we, we need to kill the prince, right? So we're going to have her go to it. Right. I mean, that's the thing is if you realize that the GM, cause really the GM is now giving you an incredibly powerful weapon. Yeah. In, yeah. In her character, right? So, no, she's, she's not going to fail at anything. So anything you definitely need to, like, if you need to open up that chest, you need to break into that door. Right. You need to sneak into the, you know, I put the guard, the drugs mm-hmm. in the guard, have her do it. Right. Either that, or, I mean, the thing that would be interesting is to try to figure out, and this is, this is just when you're like, I don't know, like I've had it and I'm going to dive. Now I'm going to just try to do something that's going to like potentially break the game is could we get end up with the group in some kind of situation where there is you, the GM has made it clear there is one outcome and it's the on this is what's going to happen. Right. And basically it's like all, yes, you're standing on the railroad tracks and here comes the train and the train's five feet away from you, and there's no way it can stop, and you're on the tracks, and you're going to die. Then you're like, oh, actually, she's on the tracks. Like, we, right. like that kind of thing, and then he's like, oh. We push her in front of the train. Shit, right, yeah. Is there some way to... Well, if you said that, no, you slip and fall in front of the train. You oh, that's right. You don't push her. Right, no. but it has to be a thing where like he's he's made the clever machinations that just right. it is and then to happen. Like, and then, oh, yeah, by the way, that's her that's in there. Right, oh, yeah, by the way, that's the thing. And like, oh, what? Oh, shit. Right, and then watch to see if he actually just attempts to dance out of the way. But and then because I guess the thing is like I guess no one's decided to call him on it. That's right. the other thing too. Like no, like are the other players on the table going like, okay, dude, come on, fuck, really? The thing, the thing that gets me actually about like ninety percent of our emails is most of them can be solved with communication. Mm-hmm. Talk to the GM about it, and if the GM is like belligerent about it, maybe don't play with them. And as a GM, if your if your players come and talk to you about something, like listen. Yeah, because they're and, telling you why your game sucks. They probably won't use those words. No, no, no. But yeah. they're telling you what the, why they're, they're giving are, you constructive right, feedback. They're telling don't. you we're not having fun because of this. 
listen to that and change it. I don't care if it's not what you want to do in your game. If your players are not having fun, you're, what's the point of running your game? Right. And, right. And, and, and that doesn't have to be even everybody. That could be a player who comes up and says, like, hey, you know, I'm kind of like not feeling it because he, of A, B, or C, like whatever it is. And he might be the only player that's willing to come and talk to you because right. the others might right. be feeling so it So that too. happens, so then you send out an them. email and you say, hey, guys, I was worried that this might be happening in the game. Don't even say, oh, player B came and told me this. You just say, I'm worried that this might be happening in the game. What do you guys think? Right. And if they all go, yeah, kind of is, you know you need to change right. it. And and hopefully, I mean, this is the difference, right? Like the, the kind of GMing he's describing, I don't get the feeling that this GM is particularly self-aware, right? right. He's wondering like, oh, hey, I wonder if people are having fun or I wonder if I'm doing the right thing yeah. or that kind of stuff. So if that's the kind of GM that is running your game, you need to prod them along. Because otherwise, you're you're the you're the hurt girlfriend in the horrible codependent situation with the yeah you are dick boyfriend yeah you're right. showing up and, and just being abused all the right, time and all your friends are like oh dude why are you still with that guy and you're like I don't know because I love him because I think he can change I think he might change but like well have you ever talked about it no I hope it happens right, right? you know uh, or or and it doesn't have to be just be a girl with a guy I've seen. The opposite plenty of that, guys. too. Plenty yeah. of guys are like, oh, like, dude, why are you with her? Like, she's horrible. You know, she's sleeping around. I'm like, well, I don't know, because, you know, I think deep down she really does like me. That was me right after I moved. <laughs> it, it, see, I mean, so, it, 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 but it's that kind of thing. It's like, you got to say something. Your yeah. situation's never going to yeah. change unless you say something or just leave. And uh, saying something is not easy, which is why several times on numerous podcasts over the years, Tyler has always offered his services. I'm, <laughs> if, if, you, if you're afraid... To talk to your GM, bring me in as a mediator. I'll happily help you out. I can be afraid to have you mediate. Shut the fuck up. Listen, to, I'm, you no. are the worst GM I've ever heard of. And here's the list of complaints that you're playing. And, and stop it, all right? Okay, carry on. No, I can be supremely diplomatic when I want. Dude, I work with K through eight kids. I, I can just, be I mega diplomatic. Never seen that side of you. I can. <laughs> well, because we don't have to. I can, true. I can not laugh in the face of a child who said, somebody called me a dickhole on the internet. And I can say, well, that's very inappropriate. I don't know if I could not How laugh. did you handle that? I'm sure I think I would I be can say that to a child. I can. Dude. When maybe, I'm at work, I, I have the, the, I have the, I have the, yeah, because you don't see me holding anything right. back. Right, well, and because you, you're compensating for a week's worth of, of holding everything back. Okay, I get it now. I had, to t- I had to tell my friend Matt, we were at Disneyland, I said, dude, uh, it's Saturday. I am going to say fuck a few times today. I'm sorry if your child <laughs> hears it from me. He goes, it's all right. <laughs> and he and his wife were swearing a lot. You just gave everybody carte blanche. I was just, just no at Disneyland. Did won't they escort you out if you do that? No. Oh. Well, I mean, well, if, if you made like, it a big thing, if you're like yeah, super vulgar about it. But I like if if you just have I'm tired of this fucking. I don't have with the fucking mouse and the fucking <laughs> Jedi and the fucking swords. I don't want to be in this fucking line anymore, and they won't escort you out. I don't. I don't have loud. I'm sure if you got to that point. Yes. Okay. No. What they would do if is somebody would, somebody would come talk to you and friends. say, "Sorry, you're having a bad time. How can we make that better for you?" And then if you're still belligerent, then they'll be like, "Get out." Okay. Yeah, they'll they'll try to they'll do everything they can to keep you in that park and make you happy. I it's guess amazing. That's but the- I don't I don't have loud conversations like that. I I feel that if I'm going to have a conversation, it's for the people around me and not for the world at large. So, mm-hmm. especially if I'm being profane at a place where there are children, I'm going to keep my voice down for the people immediately next. It to me. makes sense. You want to lean in and whisper that shit. I'll be like, what the fuck is going? On? What the fuck? <laughs> the fucking train is broken. What the- 
You're not like out there on a bullhorn. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Stu, wow. Bill brought up the very salient point about um, the GM. Just It definitely is not very self-aware. I don't know about you. Maybe we'll take an informal poll, but I'm constantly nervous that my players aren't having a good time. It's something I'm maybe I just don't feel secure about it a lot, but I'm constantly checking just sort of not necessarily asking, but just looking around body language just to gauge their interest. The I'm, fact that you're worried about that and are taking steps to to try to verify that they're having a good time makes you better than that GM. I think that's where I'm going with this. You're concerned is, about it. Again, it comes down huge... to the fact that, that you are a oftentimes performer in live theater. Yeah. So you're used to watching an audience. Well, I was going to ask. I mean, but do you do the same thing? I, I have gotten much better about it since I started listening to this podcast and thinking about it critically. Because... To be perfectly honest, for a long time, RPGs were just something that I kind of did with some friends, and we sat around and, and bullshitted and had a good time, but it wasn't ever like, I I never started running games for people I didn't know. Right. Like, I was never at, like, a store doing, like, you know, encounters or anything like that. It was always just my little group of people. So that wasn't a thing. It wasn't even an, an, an issue or worry, because if somebody, the group that I used to just exclusively play with wasn't having fun they'd be like what the fuck dude this sucks so you'd hear about it yeah, yeah, they, they yeah. actually communicated <laughs> yeah because we'd known each other forever and you get that comfortable familiarity but like now that oftentimes there's people that end up in our groups like at cons and stuff that i don't know at all or i've only met at the con once or whatever i i specifically do spend time thinking about like what can i do to make this more engaging for that person and yeah, it's um, it's all about thinking about what you're doing and not just like, or why cool, I came it. up with this idea. I want it to be my fun idea. If I'm running a game, I'm running a game for the people that are playing it. That's never a question in my mind. That's con- that's the constant thing for yeah. me. Which is not to say that I'm going to make sure they win at everything, but I, I, I want to make sure that they're interested and engaged. When yeah. I start seeing people check out at my table, I panic. Well, and to the point of, of scurvy bilge rats email... So funny. To the point of scurvy Biltrat's email, uh, like that everyone at the table is having an opportunity to have fun and do something. Right, right? there, there, right. Are, there are going to be times where different people are the focus of the story and what's happening, but it can't just be like, oh, so I'm glad you guys are along for the ride because this is the my girlfriend, my hopefully someday girlfriend roommates show or whatever it right. is. Right, right. <laughs> he doesn't even know that that's going on. Yeah. He's so unaware of the fact that he's playing favorites and that he's destroying all of the rest of the players' fun. Well, and it's interesting, too, because I, I, uh, I could very easily see where at the end of the sessions where I think all of us tend to do this, like, we'll ask for feedback and, hey, was this good? Is that like we... All we, of our APs, as soon as the mics go off, the first thing is, so how would you guys think of the game? Right. Like, There's always a brief discussion over the, about the game. Right. How are things going? Like, that kind of stuff. Um, but, but my guess is that this GM that that he describes probably doesn't ask that of anybody else except his roommate. Right. And I'll bet yeah. you at the end, he's like, Oh, Hey, so what'd you think? How's the game? Right. And she was like, Oh, oh that was super fun. I got to do this thing. And then he's like, Oh, okay, good. I'm running a good game. Or cause there's or, one I, of two scenarios that's happening with that roommate. One, he wants to be with her mm-hmm. and he's doing everything he can to be like, look how much power I have. And I'm, I'm giving that to you Two. She's a horrible bitch, and he'll never hear the end of it if he doesn't. Or three, <laughs> she's not actually paying rent and is blowing him for the rent. <laughs> and he doesn't and want to like, give that up. Well, I think that's 
Okay, that, that could kind of be like That's a, a mix second. of A and B. Uh, well, okay, yeah. I'm not going to say that's ever happened, but I've seen it happen. Yeah. Why does that just seem to me overall the strangest thing? It's like, oh, so, yeah, my roommate, she's really pretty hot. So I'm going to GM her in a game, and that's going to be the thing that's going to win her over. Like, wow. 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 You're talking about wow. super, like mega socially awkward people who go, wow. yeah, this is romantic. Way to perpetuate that <laughs> myth again there, Tyler. <laughs> it's not even perpetuating the myth. I'm not the one doing it. That's true. It's the socially awkward DM who thinks, if I if I if I make sure that if she's I make having sure super she's fun, having super, uh, she'll stick around. If I give her everything she wants in my game, she'll give me everything I want in my pants. Very good point. I think that that's actually ha- what's going on. Yeah. All right. I think we're gonna. Uh, I think we're gonna call it with the, with that final uh, amazingly was that, insightful. Was sorry, I've got some feelings on the subject <laughs> of social awkward uh, white knight friend zone nerds. Wow. Yeah. No. It's 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 a. It's a weird place yeah. for people to be. Not that I have ever been there. <laughs> or no people. I will not lie. I have been there huh? when I was like 15. I, I, my, I used to have, my dad would call it John Wayne syndrome. Like where you have huh? to be the hero and ride in on the white horse. Yep. Like, you know, yep. That kind of thing. And, uh, and, and, and yes, I used to be like, oh, but for me, it used to be like, oh, oh I want to go with that person. It's like, oh, they are a total wreck. Right, yeah, right. They're a disaster. You're like, oh, so, but I can so save them. Yeah, yes, I can save them. <laughs> dun, right? dun, 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 on your white yeah, horse, and this, but this is like the whole thing where it's like, oh, I'm going to show you how great things can look at how powerful I am, and like right. how I can like, and you're like, so on the on the ride home, or if they're gaming at his house, or she's like, you know, the game was great, except that he did this really cool thing, and I want to do that. Well, next time we game, you're going to be able to do that. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they, if it, I, but I wonder if it's even that. That's straightforward. Well, I don't think it's, it's probably it's, not. It, that's why if it's A or B, like Tyler was saying, like if she's a horrible bitch, that's like, yeah, the game was awesome, except that guy did something better than me. Fuck that guy. Not even, I want to be able to do that. Not even that, but it, it's, it would or be it's, way more subtle. Right. It could just be like, that oh, the type game of was really awesome, and that guy did something that was just so amazing. Why are you slamming doors around, sweetie? What's wrong? Because he did something awesome, and I didn't. Oh, I'm well, even okay. less on the nose. Just her talking about how awesome that whatever action was, and then the GM guy's like, "Oh, all right, I'll that's just, probably a. I'll just write that down on your character sheet so yeah. you can do that next time." Can you or she goes, "Oh, hey, it was really cool how how that person did that thing. Oh, well, you could do that too. Yeah, I can. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is yeah. that on your sheet? I'll make sure to write on your sheet. So you did I did I leave it. that off?" <laughs> It might not have printed those next page. Bill Dredd, I want to punch your GM now. Yeah. Damn it. Yep. Uh, All right. Let's uh, let's call it. We're at, okay. uh, We're at, you know, in the realm of a couple hours. In the realm of a couple hours, when we started. So, uh, all right. This has been Happy Jack's RPG podcast, season 14, episode 7. And uh, this is Bill. This is Dave. This is Tyler. This is Stork. And we'll leave you with a song. Down a shot of your favorite whiskey and chase it with a lukewarm beer. You look around the room for the evening's fun. Well, now plenty walk in and plenty walk out, and none seem to want to stay here. As the crowd thins out, you see it's half past one.
So you realize through bloodshot eyes that it's time to go. And you spend your money and take your chances on someone that you know might be Coyote Ugly. And you'd rather chew off your arm and wake her sleeping head. can't believe what you brought home to your bed. The moonlight shines through the bedroom window. You tell her to leave the light off. And you kick off your boots and you settle in for the night. You pull the covers back and your blue jeans down and you wait for her gentle softness. And you pray to God Her bark is worse than her bite Then you spend some time Drinking screw-top wine that you saved For these occasions There's no need to guess If she'll say yes It's you that needs the persuasion She's coyote ugly you off your arm than wake her sleeping head. She's coyote ugly. And you can't believe what you brought home to your bed. Cause she's coyote Seating program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.